This transmission is unrehearsed and unedited and is hereby begun without further comment as to its lack of moral value. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of a podcast on the Kendallcast feed. Uh, let's call it the last podcast because uh, it's Star Wars. We're talking about Star Wars. I'm uh, I'm Kendall and I'm here with a brain trust. Three uh, good friends of mine who are all Star Wars experts. We've got Jeff. Hello. Ian. Hi. And Nick. And I'm back. <laughs> yep. Yes. Uh, Nick has actually been on the po- on the uh, Kendallcast feed before uh, during the Katarn Collection, uh, our little video game podcast where we were going through the LucasArts era of Star Wars gaming. Uh, Ian was on a Magic the Gathering podcast for me for 76 episodes called Kitchen Finks. It had a good run. And uh, Jeff officiated my wedding. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you introduced me as a, a Star Wars expert, so now the expectations are incredibly high. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, you guys are you guys are the. Also, you guys you guys all kind of have the right opinions. Like you're not <laughs> none of you are. I mean, none of you are like, oh, the prequels are the absolute worst thing that has ever existed, or or you know, you should only watch the movies. You can't read the books or anything because, yeah, you guys have. I, I like I like where you you. you we're all, you know, we're all like-minded individuals, and I think in in twenty in twenty seventeen, it's very important to only talk to life like-minded individuals. <laughs> Obviously, echo chambers are the best. Yes, yes, um, yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Jeff, why don't you start off and uh, tell tell folks uh, your history with Star Wars? Yeah, so um, I remember the very first time I saw Star Wars, it was at my uncle's house, uh, A New Hope, but it was before the VHS didn't say A New Hope on it, right? It was just called Star Wars. It was the original version of it. And I saw it and, and fell in love with it, and I remember asking my parents to buy me the special edition VHS trilogy that had just come out in the mid-90s. And I watched them all through, you know, one after another, like in one day, and I've just been a huge fan ever since. Okay. Ian, same question. Yeah, okay, similar answer too, right? Grew up with the original trilogy. I was like right in that target age bracket for the, for the Phantom Menace and the prequels as they were coming out. You know, I was super into them. Um, I've had so- somewhat of a reputation for defending the prequels at, mm-hmm. at times. Um, over the years, I, you know, I my opinion of them has you know, become more mixed, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there are still very much things that I love about the prequels, uh-huh. and there are things that I don't like. Well, about and them. the funny, the funny thing is with with Star Wars movies, if you get into these kinds of arguments, like it's like I defend the prequels a lot. Right. It doesn't. I mean, they're still the worst Star Wars movies. Sure. sure. <laughs> I mean, you know. Well, I mean, the, the the internet has gotten so just they they just assume that the prequels are garbage movies, mm-hmm. and so for me, I always have to preface it by saying, you know what, I don't hate the prequels. I like some mm-hmm. of the things that they do, but I agree that they're the worst of the movies, and yeah. you have to just say that all the time. Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, Nick, how about you? Uh, you actually introduced me to Star Wars back in fourth grade, and pretty much about the time the, the prequels came out and I, I think I'd seen maybe a couple of the Star Wars movies but had never really connected them I thought they were standalone things I don't know I was a kid <laughs> pretty much became addicted to Star Wars and pretty much read every book that I could get a hold on and whole using Vong trilogy or not trilogy series the, 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 the best, was that 30, the, the, 40 the books? best thing like ever that? written yeah, in no, Star Wars great. in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> incredible uh, series pretty much a fan of the action and war scenes favorite book series is definitely the uh, X-Wing series. Oh, okay. good choice. 
Yeah, and and you and Jeff and Ian, you both uh, have a history with the with the books. Um, there one one thing. Well, I will talk about it in a minute. Uh, there's one topic that I want to cover that I didn't tell you we were going to cover, but we'll cover <laughs> it in a second. I'll just I'll just real quick my uh, my background. Um, I mean, the first movie that I saw was Return of the Jedi when they used to play it on Thanksgiving, hmm. um, and then uh, I saw in third grade saw my dad took Jeff and I to see special edition. I remember. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was and and then and then the Star Wars customizable card game happened. Yeah. And uh, then the prequels, and then everything else. I remember going to your birthday party, and you opened up a, a booster pack, and you got Yoda, and the entire room lost their minds. Yeah. Like it was just <laughs> chaos. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. That was a that was a thing. Um, so uh, one one thing we've all read. Uh, I mean, I've read a bunch of the books. Um, so the the th- a thing happened a few years ago where Disney acquired Star Wars and. Decided that uh, the the books didn't happen, um, and we we don't need. It. I, I think all of us were probably at this point we're probably all just resigned to that's just how it is, and we're we're moving on. Right. But I that what that but one but one thing that that is that it's sort of it's sort of set a, a a cutoff point for books. Like, have you guys read the books from the new canon at all? Okay, yeah, I think that's very relevant because of all the background information it supposedly provides to the new trilogy. I, ha- I have not read any new canon books mm-hmm. except for Thrawn. Okay, um, but I love Thrawn. Oh well, good, good because <laughs> yeah. it's it's on my short list. Okay, yeah. it's great. Yeah, so I haven't I haven't read any of the new canon stuff. Okay, so okay. I also haven't. Disney broke my heart, and every single Star <laughs> Wars movie, I, I go into it going, "Is this when I forgive Disney?" For ruining everything, <laughs> I'll say. I mean, how do you really feel, Nick? <laughs> I'll say first that this this movie I think is that moment for me is the moment that I am officially invested in the new canon. Um, I did read a bunch of the comics uh, when Marvel got the license um, of in the new canon. I liked it, but I've sort of dropped off because you know you run out of time and stuff. I've read a handful of the new canon books. Uh, they do not <laughs> shed any extra information into huh. the background of of the of the trilogy. I or, uh, because because they want to tell. I mean, they want to tell all the mysteries in the movies. They want to you know reveal that. I'm reading uh, Bloodline right now, uh, which supposedly, and I guess gives you a little bit of a better feel for like what the New Republic was um, in this. But yeah, really, yeah, the <laughs> new canon stuff is. Uh, the books are yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> they've they've been not not the best. I mean, uh, a new dawn was really good, the one that set up rebels. Um, but other than that, they've I did read that book. I forgot not been, that. that was yeah, an excellent book. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, earlier you mentioned that they want to tell all the all the mysteries through the Star Wars movies. You mean mysteries like who Snoke is? <laughs> well, I mean, we'll he was he was cut from the movie. Yeah. Well, we'll talk we'll talk we'll talk about that. I mean, but they haven't t- said who he was in the book either. Yeah. I mean, that was a that is a closely guarded secret. But like, I mean, it wasn't like you were going to read a book that said who Ray's parents were until I mean, you might now, right? Because right. they were nobody of consequence, so they might get a book. But um, or you know, maybe it turns out they were. Yeah. Is Kylo Ren lying? Right. How did Kylo Ren find this out in the uh, 30 seconds he's had since or they did Ray lie when she was the one who said it at first? Yeah, I mean, she, she he made who, her say he it. He made her say it. Yeah, so she already I, knew. Mm, but that's 
probably for later. We'll get we'll get <laughs> yeah. we'll get there. Um, what else was I gonna ask before we got it? Because we said we said the oh okay. Let's real quick. Everybody starting with Jeff. Uh, what's your what's your order? Uh, best to worst movies in okay. Clone Wars counts as a movie because it was released. Okay. Um. So my favorite movie, Star Wars movie, is is Return of the Jedi. And I know that's kind of an unpopular pick. It's, Blasphemy. It, I know it's commonly it's commonly you know understood as the worst movie of the original trilogy, um, and I get why. Right? I know the Ewoks are awkward, and uh, Boba Fett's ending was stupid, and uh, there's some pacing issues. But for me, like the highs in that movie, um, for me forgive the lows, and so like the sequence with. With Luke and Vader and Palpatine in the Death Star throne room is just some of the most incredible cinema I've ever seen. And uh, so for me, just that's number one. Um, and so Empire would be number two by the smallest microscopic margin. Also an incredible movie. Um, and then I would put A New Hope at, at number three. Uh, so I think the original trilogy are the best. Uh, and then below that, I would put uh, The Force Awakens. I, I really enjoyed that movie. Um, I know the common complaint is that it's derivative and too similar to A New Hope. Um, and I think that's true, but I don't mind because I thought it was executed really well. Um, and then uh, below that, I would probably put uh, The Last Jedi. I think The Last Jedi is, is a little bit better than Rogue One for me. Um, and then I put Rogue One before that. And then I would go Revenge of the Sith, uh, then The Phantom Menace, and then my least favorite is Attack of the Clones. Or The Clone Wars is my least favorite, I guess. But of the <laughs> okay of the uh, you know real or of the um, in person movies, then okay. I put Attack of the okay. Clones. Okay, and but. then and then you put the Clone Wars movie below yeah, all the, that. Yeah, okay. I saw it once and I thought it was not great. So. Okay. Uh, okay, um, I'm actually gonna put a New Hope first. The the original, like, there's really nothing quite like it. So I, I got to put that one first, and then The Empire Strikes Back, um, third place. You know, I, I've thought about this a lot. I might like The Force Awakens better than I like Return of the Jedi. The Force Awakens really hit it for me. So I'm gonna go The Force Awakens, then Return of the Jedi, uh, then Rogue One. Um, then that puts us at what Revenge of the Sith and then The Last Jedi. Okay. And then <coughs> Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace in some order. Um maybe maybe <laughs> I like kind of the Phantom, maybe I like the Phantom Menace more than Attack of the Clones and, and the Clone Wars movie is down there somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Nick. Alright. I'm actually gonna go Return of the Jedi first, probably, just yep. because I like the big battles and the big the big fights. Uh huge fan of the imperial war machine yes uh probably following that i'd probably go a new hope and then in what is probably the most controversial of my picks i might go rogue one before empire i know i know (laughs) rogue one is a fantastic movie but before empire like i said big battle kind of person cloud city was a little slow for me probably would enjoy it a lot more now haven't seen it in a while but i think as for my personal adventure, war movie tastes, definitely Empire is probably four. Um, past that, it's uh, Phantom Menace, maybe Return, Return of the Sith, Clone Wars, Revenge, and, Revenge of the Sith. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Return of the Sith. It's obviously been a while man. since I've seen Re- it. Return of the Sith is episode nine. That yeah. was the fan fiction I wrote when I was thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> And then finally, uh, what was it? The Clone Wars animated movie and then the holiday special that you keep making me watch. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, I thought that was assume number one for all of us. <laughs> it doesn't exist. You don't understand. He's made me watch it like three times oh, this geez. year. I mean, it's all in Shreerook. You literally don't understand. 
Oh boy, he has a copy. Of he it. has a physical copy, a copy <laughs> of the movie. And I didn't it's even glorious. know these existed. Uh, it's it's bootleg. If this yeah, mysteriously sure. goes missing, then don't ask me. <laughs> it's yeah, it's awesome. Anyway, mm. um, yeah, no, number one is holiday special. No, um, holiday special might be above Force Awakens for me. <laughs> anyway, okay, so I'm gonna. I'm going to shake things up with my order a little bit because I realized uh, on this last watch through, I actually didn't get to the original trilogy in my watch through <laughs> this this year. Um, but I realized that I really like Rogue One. Um, so number one is still Empire for me because that's the correct answer. Um, it's hard to argue. <laughs> but uh, I, can I mean, argue. you can argue you can you can argue for any of the any of the original trilogy. I think that's I think that there are reasons for all of them. But number one for me is Empire. Number two is Rogue One. Number three is A New Hope. Then uh, below A New Hope uh, was wh- what are the movies left? Um, <laughs> was Last Jedi. <laughs> Last Jedi was, was was below New Hope. Uh, then Revenge of the Sith. Then Clone Wars. Then Force Awakens. Then Phantom Menace, and and then Attack of the Clones is last. So because I actually I liked the I liked the Clone Wars movie. I think that. It's very important to the story to establish Anakin Skywalker as a a hero, just a straight up no no asterisk anywhere, no, you know, he's not a whiny teen and he's not somebody who's just about to turn to the dark side like he is just in he's a good guy. Doesn't slaughter endless amounts of same right, people. Right. Like like and I think I mean the whole Clone Wars series uh did that really well and you know would be far and above the if, it, if I was rating the series, it would be above mm-hmm. all the prequels. Um, but I do think, I mean, I mean, the acting and the writing in that in that in the movie was was pretty good, um, and I like the visual style and everything. Uh, really, it was because I mean, Nick, you liked the Clone Wars movie. You just didn't like the first season of the TV show. Mm. I do remember liking it, but I also remember thinking it was kind of dumb. Well, you know, I mean, that's yeah, true I mean, of most things in the prequel era. Yeah, I mean, I liked it better than the holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I definitely agree the Clone Wars TV show got better as it went along. It got along. very good. It was, yeah, yeah, it did. It got. I, it was hard for me to get through in the first season. I didn't care for the movie that much either. But the voice I, actors really hadn't hit their stride yet, <laughs> yeah. and that shows a lot in the movie as well. It, was, it, was, it just felt super campy to me and a yeah. little too silly. I remember one of my but. major complaints was pretty much uh, all the stormtroopers or, or the clone troopers are just fine. Everybody lives. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> now well, yeah. they exist I mean, to die. Yes. It's a, <laughs> it, it is definitely aimed at a younger audience than, uh, than the other movies. But I think if you sort of look, if you take that into account, I think it, it, it's got its place. It's right. Right. How anyway, to be fair, everything but, Star Wars, not directly target me, but we're not, <laughs> we're not here to talk about that stuff. I just wanted to, about 15 minutes spend about 10 15 minutes to just sort of get so people could get get to know our thoughts on Star Wars and stuff uh, so let's but let's talk about let's talk about the last Jedi uh, Jeff start with your start off with your first first just real general impressions yeah so um, when I, I first saw it you know at midnight Thursday night when it came out and um, I was real meh about it at first um, there were things about it that I enjoyed. Wait, you saw it at midnight not at seven yeah I know I'm I, I have two kids too so it was super stupid I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been seeing I've seen every new Star Wars movie at midnight since uh, Revenge of the Sith came out and I could drive so I okay. felt like I had to continue the so, tradition. so you, even though so you you literally <laughs> skipped the first three showings so so you can see it at midnight. <laughs> like I said, super stupid. 
No, that's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> that means that's I'm a real amazing. fan. You, True Star Wars you fan. Win, you, you, you beat the system. I did. Because that's what my complaint is that, like, it's not the hardcore people. I guess I guess the real way to do it would have been if you saw it for a third time. <laughs> Man, I don't know if my bladder my bladder could handle that all in one go. What you can just leave during the casino. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's true. Um, so when I first saw it, it, I was really meh about it. You know, and we'll go into the specifics why later. Um, and then I saw it again this past week with my wife, and I enjoyed it a lot more. Mm-hmm. So um, it, you know, I went from meh to you know, pretty good. Mm-hmm. There are still mm-hmm. things I don't like about it. There's, I think it has some serious missteps in some of its storytelling. Um, but there were some. I think it has some of the best moments in the new Star Wars movies that we've seen. Right, right. So I was really happy with those. And so I would say the highs of the movie are extremely high mm-hmm. for me, uh, but the lows are extremely low for mm-hmm. me. So it's a little inconsistent. And it's way. easier to get through the lows when you know when you know that the highs are coming. Right. That's true. Right. That, and that was kind of what helped me with my second viewing is because I knew some of the things that were coming up. And so, you know, during the whole Canto bite sequence, you know, I was able to get up and go to the bathroom just like you suggested. And yep. uh, it was that's, it made that's it, what I did. It made it more bearable. So <laughs> so I'm really on a very similar page to Jeff. Uh, the first time I left the theater, I was legitimately disappointed. I felt kind of mm. let down. I felt like it wasn't the movie that it could have been. Uh, and then I went and saw it a second time uh, on Tuesday, and uh, it was better that time. Like, I kind of understood by understanding the themes of the movie and some mm. of the payoffs, even if they were small payoffs, uh, to the storylines that I felt were handled poorly. Yeah. Uh, it kind of helped me accept them a little bit. You're um, talking about Admiral Holdo. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, Holdo <laughs> being one of them, it still really bothers me how she behaved. And yeah, yeah. I, I think she was horribly misdone in, like, just like another pass on the script or just one different decision could have made my enjoyment of the movie right, much higher. Right. right yeah. If, but, she did, if she had been, I think, and we'll, we'll get to it in more detail, but I think if. If she had done things to hint that she had a plan so that the viewer could think that maybe she had a yeah. plan. Yeah, I mean, literally, there's a point where Poe is like, I just want some hope. I just want to know that there's a plan. And she just ridicules him. Yeah. And, she says, and she says, one time Leia said this thing. It, yeah. It's like one passing line that's trying to communicate, like, I just need you to trust me. But it was... You need a little bit more there to I, kind of... I, I was legitimately confused whether, as the audience, we were intended to side with Poe or Holdo. And I think that's a failure in, mm-hmm. in direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Okay. All right. So, when I got out of the movie, I've only seen it the one time. I guess that makes me the least of the Star Wars fans. Makes a poser. <laughs> that hurts. That, that cuts deep. I actually enjoyed it quite a lot, although I could tell even while I was watching it, that they were pretty big flaws. The pacing was a little off, especially I thought that I love the idea of the, the chase through space scenes, but those were so slow and not a lot was happening during mm-hmm. them. I mean, I get it was, it was kind of a trap between they only have 36 hours. Oh no, time is running out. And Oh goodness, this is going to last a while. This is going to last 36 <laughs> and, hours. Very long it, 36. It wouldn't hours. have been a long 36 hours maybe if Holdo had shown anything like, "Oh, we have a plan other than driving a straight line <laughs> and let all of our ships run out of 
fuel. It's not even like, oh, let's split our forces and then maybe one of them will be a decoy and go to this place. It's like, no, we're just going to throw these ones away. We're not even going to move the fuel to this to the main one to make it last yeah. longer. It's like, mm, we're, we're going to make no contingency plans. Yeah, especially because like at the whole at the very end of that sequence when Poe wakes up on the transport and he's talking to Leia and she tells him the plan, he's like, oh yeah, that could work. Yeah. He's just super, <laughs> yeah. super calm about it. He's, he's totally like, yeah, cool it's fine. And I'm like, just suck the tension right out of that yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, Actually, because he, yeah, because he says, he says, that it's, could work. is there a plan? <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. And they say, and she's like, um, we're all going to die. <laughs> like that's, like, she says, shut up and stand at your post. <laughs> I actually liked Holdo and I didn't want her to die at the end. It was, yeah. it was, but it was only in that last couple scenes where she even had the slightest hint of not being awful and maybe a traitor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And maybe a traitor. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely not a traitor though. When everything was said and yeah, done, right. but it, so, um, I was, so first of all, going into it, I was petrified because I had had a rough week at work and I felt like the world was, I believe I said before it started, the world is on fire. This needs to save everything. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and like, also, I wasn't a big fan of The Force Awakens. I rewatched the. I did rewatch The Force Awakens a few weeks before, and I liked it less huh. uh, because I watched it right after the prequels, and I was cringing just as much during The Force Awakens. Um, but I didn't have the context because the reason I like the prequels is I see them as one piece of the puzzle. Like, like it's. I mean, that's why I like. That's why I like the Clone Wars cartoon because it it is it gives you that picture of. Of Anakin, you know it. It's and it's not. It's not complete. You know that's the, the Clone Wars cartoon, the books, the all that stuff. And I didn't have that context for for Force Awakens. And even with reading other stuff, although I heard some, I didn't read the whole aftermath trilogy. Just the first book. Heard somebody explaining the continuity and almost fell asleep. <laughs> like and then also I'm reading Bloodline and and I'm getting through it the way that you do with a Star Wars book, but it's not what you would call a good book. Okay. <laughs> That's a ringing endorsement from Kendall like, Holman. <laughs> right like on the cover. It is. It is. It is. The, it has the least action of any Star Wars book I've ever read. Because huh. it's all about it's all about Leia politics. But anyway, um. So so I'm like I'm like this is what the new continuity is. Ooh. And then I watched it, and the opening crawl <coughs> looks wrong. I don't know. I think it's moving too fast, or the huh. text is something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's something. And the wording of it all just didn't feel quite right. Like a lot of stuff didn't feel quite right. Um, but I was getting through it, and it kind of was winning. Me. It kind of won me over. The second viewing, I, everything that I that I disliked about it, the first viewing, kind of seemed less important. And a lot of the stuff that I disliked about it, including the Holdo stuff, which we'll talk about a little bit more, um, I could I could kind of see where they were where they were going mm -hmm. where they're going for. Um. So yeah. So. Yeah, you know, I, I, in the end, it's, 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 it's one, when you, when I think about Star Wars movies that I want, that if I was going to watch another movie right now, it would definitely be that one. <laughs> I mean, and, and it will definitely be one that I look forward to in the massive viewings of the, you know, of the future. So I'm, I'm also, it's, it's, it's one chap, it's also one chapter. Like, I think mm -hmm. that's what people have to realize so things aren't going to be perfect. Not every character is going to be perfectly aspirational because then it would be boring. You know, some not every character is going to be super important because, I mean, there are a lot of characters in this. Um, I, I felt like they got a decent amount of development. And I don't like Snoke very much, so I'm glad they got rid of him. 
And a lot of people keep comparing, you know, these new movies to the original trilogy, which is fair. But remember, we're looking back to an entire trilogy. And with The Force Awakens and then with The Last Jedi, we still don't have the complete story yet. We still don't Mm -hmm. know how a lot of these things are going to resolve. So we're comparing something that's half finished to something that's fully complete. So that's not quite fair yet. So so let's let's, uh, not just start with Jeff always. Let's start with (laughs) Ian this time. Beginning of the film uh, is this is the <coughs> escape from uh, the planet, uh, whatever planet they were on. I, right. I think it's supposed to be the Illinium system where their base was before. But what uh, this whole opening sequence? Yeah. Yeah. What did you? Yeah. What did you think of it? Uh, so you know, we immediately get the plucky hero Poe, mm-hmm. you know, taking on a dreadnought by himself and doing his shenanigans with Hux on the line. And I I gotta say, like, the kind of lighthearted, humorous opening to the film, I think was generally a good move. Um, We've seen that before in Star Wars, like, where we start on kind of a high note. Like, Revenge of the Sith, I think. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith is the perfect example. Um, You know, invading the ship and and getting Palpatine back. Very lighthearted, action-driven start. I think that was good. Um, I was a little bit bothered by BB-8 and his... Plugging the holes of the ship uh, with See, his little arm thing. That's like, the one BB-8 scene that I like. <laughs> really, I, to me, like it just didn't feel like Star Wars. It didn't feel like there was any sort of like reality to it. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. felt like yeah, it's like you're plugging holes in a dam, right? And when you plug right. one hole, and then, and then he, just, shoots and out, then he just sticks his head in there, and everything electricity. works. It's and weird. I, I thought that was kind of weird, but yeah. but otherwise, I liked that sequence. Um, and then it turns into the big battle. Do you want to talk about the big battle? Uh, yeah, I mean, just sort of, or, well, I mean, you guys, we, we can, this doesn't literally have to be me <laughs> ask one person, <laughs> yeah, then okay, the next person, then the next person. All right, so, I did have a problem. I, I like the, the opening dialogue, I like the fact that he attacked. I didn't really like the fact that he disarmed a dreadnought by himself. By himself, right. He's kind of overpowered. And he outmaneuvered TIE Fighters, which are supposed to be, like, way more maneuverable than X-Wings. So, it's, I mean... Well, just, he's, like, the best... I mean, he's, he's, he's basically the new Wedge. Yeah. But... <laughs> For me, well, like, the... The kind of opening uh, dialogue with with him and Hux felt... I mean, it was funny. I definitely agree with this. It was funny. But I thought it was a little hokey and a little problematic. Because I'm going to do what I just said you shouldn't do and compare this to the original trilogy. Right? Like, imagine, you know, you're you're on in an Imperial class Star Destroyer with Captain Nita or whatever. And, like, Han Solo appears in the Millennium Falcon. And he's like, hey, guys, I have a message for Darth Vader. Is he holding? Is he waiting? And, he's, and it's just, I'm it, like, no. Captain would be like, blow this thing out of the sky. This is a fool, right? Like, the Empire is supposed to feel formidable and scary and, and terrifying. Hux is undoubtedly totally incompetent. Right. And though. so Hux, and, and that's what but I'm saying. But I mean, saying, so is everybody, so is yeah. I mean, Captain Nita was pretty... Was But, like, at least all of the <laughs> Imperial officers in the original trilogy had kind of an air of, um, like, uh, civility and class and professionalism, uh, professionalism right? Whereas yeah. Hux just feels like a big cartoon character, right? right? And so, like, Poe was pa- poking fun at him, and he just has this goofy look on his face, and he's easily trollable. And it was funny, I admit, but at the same time, I felt like it did kind of undercut, like, the gravity and the... Uh, the force, no pun intended, of the first I, one. I will say throughout the movie, I never felt like the villains were competent. <laughs> right. Like, there was, yeah. and that kind of hurt. Like, even though the resistance ends up getting cut down to, you know, a fraction of their original size, mm-hmm. um, it, it feels like they, you know, take out a hundred First Order soldiers for everyone that they lose. And, mm-hmm. like, it kind of feels like neither side wins. Right, they're constantly coming at the rebellion, but 
the shadow of the Empire looming over the Rebellion is much reduced when every single person in charge is just incompetent and never knows what to do. Yeah. Never knows what to say, even I, if they're doing something perfectly predictable. I just feel like I feel like that's how the empire has always been. <laughs> they're just a bunch of chickens with their heads I mean, cut off. I mean, they're they're but but this scene especially reminded me more of the Spaceballs jammed scene than it did mm. classic <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah, I've I've heard that. I think so. So specifically, the the Hux holding for Poe, I thought was great because we've established that, and also this movie is kind of about. Poe's hubris. I mean, he he has right. a, a half cocked yeah. plan, and it gets half the fleet killed. Like, or well, I mean, a couple of times he does. He gets half the fleet killed. <laughs> right. But yeah. but you know, like I mean, this this set. You know, he he's 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 arrogant, and and it and there are consequences for his arrogance. I mean, yes, the tone is still is still light, although. After seeing Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok this year, like this was this was like this was like watching Schindler's List compared uh, to those. Movies. I totally agree. Like, like I think a lot of people are criticizing the humor in this movie and I can I can see where they're coming from with the very first joke, but for me after that, I thought the humor was fine. You know, yeah. it was it was funny at parts and it um, we'll talk more about this. <laughs> he's got some words. There, there were definitely some points where I felt like the humor is misplaced and detracted from the scene. Perfect example. Ray is training with her lightsaber up on the cliff on the island, right? And well, first she's training with her staff, right? And she's practicing uh-huh. uh, striking at that rock, but stopping her staff just short of it. And she pulls the lightsaber. And she's doing the same thing, and then she gets carried away, and she cuts the rock off. And I think like the movie is trying to make an important point right here. Maybe she doesn't have control everything mm-hmm. of everything yet. Maybe she still has something to learn. But before that can sink in, oh, the rock falls and crushes the card of the caretakers, the and they, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and they look up and they're like. Haha, ha. right? It's like this funny scene. But I laughed. It actually, and while that was funny, it was legitimately funny. Mm-hmm. I think it overshadowed the point that was they were trying to make about Ray uh, and her. Control. What about? But what about Luke dropping R two D two in Empire Strikes Back when he's when he's on his hands and he sees his ship sinking? Sinking. Is that like that funny? I mean, it's definitely something that's played for laughs. R two D two going. Wah! Or just Yoda in general. And the Empire I mean, Strikes I mean, back. it's. I'm not. I'm not even totally disagreeing with you. I think that I just. I think you have to. You, to some extent, you you have to realize that this is this is part of it. The juxtaposition of of serious things and, and joking is part of Star Wars. I, I'm not saying that. I do agree sure. that. I do agree that maybe they went too far at times. I'll go ahead and say it. BB-8 was my least favorite part of the movie, when BB-8 steals an ATST. Yeah, yeah. I, I face palmed it. It's a little, it, it it's a little silly. Kind of DSX machina. Uh, you know, yeah, on a, uh, yeah. He shows up. He shows up on the casino and is and is shooting uh, people with to, with gambling tokens. Well, and and he, he steals a ship on the casino <laughs> and is. I mean, the other guys flying. Well, DJ it, was but, there. That's, yeah. When I saw I think, that ATST attack, I thought DJ was coming back. Oh, that I was, thought yeah. DJ was redeeming himself, and then he didn't. Yeah, I will sad. say though, BB8 had two really good moments for me. Okay, one. Okay, they arrive on the on the capital ship and they stick a box over his head and he does this little mouse droid impression. <laughs> it, it's like, it's like awesome. <laughs> like that made me like BB-8 again. And then at the very end, like he finally meets up with Ray again. He rolls up to her and he puts his head down and he asks her to check his his antenna. His antenna yeah, yeah, I thought that was a great moment. Um, that was an oh. all right moment. It, that's so funny that you bring up the trash can. Uh, be, because, <laughs> He's thought about this. <laughs> because 
I, so I, this is, I've been, I've been thinking about this. I'm like, why did that joke not work for me? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, first of all, first of all, it's because even though to us, that looks like a random droid to anybody around that looks like a trash can. Like, like they yeah. know what droids okay. look like. I mean, to be fair, the evil BB-8 like noticed. Yeah, totally got them all. Caught. Not a great. This is no, not a great I mean, disguise. I mean, I guess, I guess if you if you wanna, if you want to, but it's it's just like it just it was it was just completely like re, like really that is like, that's yeah. where you're gonna go. And then and also it was right after a joke that 100 percent hit for me. Which was the clothes the, iron? The uh, the yeah oh, the iron. Yeah. That, was, that was funny. Because yeah. because first of all, I just watched Hardware Wars recently. It's on the holiday special DVD, <laughs> and that is that is a that is a shot that is directly from Hardware okay. Wars. Um, and 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 you're watching it, and you're like, that kind of looks like an iron, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then it, it is an iron. Yeah. It reminds me kind of like of um, a kind of Spaceballs uh-huh. type humor, which isn't usually in Star Wars like a visual gag like that. Yeah. But uh, I did think it was funny. And then another, I want to just throw in another example of really good humor in the movie that I didn't actually catch until my second time through. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the scene where um, Rose and Finn are trying to explain their plan to Poe. All right, so we gotta we gotta break into Snoke's ship and then find the tracker. And then Poe interrupts him. And he's like, I think we gotta blow it up, right? And Finn's like, <laughs> I like where your head's at, but no. And that's especially funny because the scene before that, right? Poe um, po had just finished getting yelled at by Leia because he loves blowing stuff yeah. up too much, right. right? And the fact that that's the first thing he goes to in the next scene, I just. And, I was the only one in the theater who laughed out loud at that, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, that was a good. That was that was actually a solid scene. Also, Finn being like subtly sexist is 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 weirdly that that's a thing that that is that they've because like he's in that scene he keeps cutting Rose off and like standing in front of Rose and it's just like when he first meets Ray in in the Force Awakens and he wants to be the person that's saving her, but he's actually just getting in the way and you know, typical stormtrooper. Like, why are you, why are you holding my hand? Yeah. You know, that, <laughs> that stuff. Um, so, um, but I, but I actually, I don't remember if I actually said this yet. I actually liked the, the, the interaction, the Poe and, uh, and Huck's interaction. Um, because it just, I felt like it, it's, they established that, that Poe, Jokes with people who he should be scared of, mm-hmm. um, in in the with Force Kylo Awakens, Ren, yeah. yeah, and yeah. and it it didn't that scene didn't bother me as much as it bothered a lot of people in in the Force Awakens, um, and then him doing it here is like okay, that's just that's just that character, mm-hmm. like it's not like he's he's a real he's a real person, you know, or I mean he's not a real person, but he's consistent, he's consistent, yeah. Um, it's not just it's not just uh, just there for a joke. It's it's that's what this guy does. I could totally believe Poe would do that. I just find it hard to believe that the First Order would sit there and wait as long as they do before deciding to finally blow this guy up. Mm-hmm. Right? They it seems to me like they would just do it immediately. Like yeah, right. But, like everyone stops and waits. Yeah, and Hux is like, what? What's happening? And, you know, he just kind of just let's ignore standing uh, standard operating procedure. Yeah, which like, I feel like the Empire would be pretty big on things happening, yeah. whether the the main officer is on a phone call or not. Yeah, it's not a big deal, but it was just something that <laughs> I I. Also, I also think um, that part of the part of the uh, you know part of an explanation for why they seem a little bit the they seem a little bit clueless is they've they've expand they've been winning a lot the the first order has been winning a lot at this sure. point it's not really clear if this is right after Force Awakens I hope that there's at least some time jump because. They've wiped out the Republic, and they're taking you know they're taking over system after system after system. I mean, they've they've been winning a lot because they caught the Republic, the Republic with their pants down, and they've got this you know the resist the resistance is all of the people who are actually capable 
Yeah. You know, right. um, it's hard to say, right? Because like Ray's story with Luke begins immediately after the Force Awakens ends, but we don't know if that's con- concurrent with the rest of the Resistance storyline or if there's a big difference between them. So it's kind of hard to say. Also, Ray's story takes more time because the, yeah. the the Resistance storyline is eighteen hours, and Ray's story mm. is is. Day after day yeah, after day. Kind of reminds me of Dunkirk. If anybody saw that movie, yep. how you had three different timelines depending on which part of the air, sea, or land you were on. So maybe it was sort of like that, but a little less clear. But yeah, I mean the storylines meet up at the end. It's hard to tell. It's hard to say how long Ray's storyline was because they meet up when she appears out of hyperspace and, and loads up on Snoke's ship. She's right, there for right, several like, days at least. Yeah, so it should take longer. Yeah, I mean it. it, it it's got to take. Yeah, it's got to. And also like. She has to get to the place. Like, I mean, I know that in in this version of Star Wars, everywhere you travel is it's like immediately. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's I, I'm not a huge fan of that when I yeah, when all the books yeah. were like, oh, it takes ten hours to get to yeah, this other it, planet. It, like, it takes like oh, a whole day, well, even at light speed. Okay. Yeah. The galaxy is really big. I mean, I guess you're I guess we're in this other corner of the ga- maybe we're in a very small corner of the galaxy since we don't see any of the aliens that we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah they're all new. Yeah. That's true. Um, Just happened to be the next system over. So, so uh, and the yeah, and I also I do think that it's a little bit I, I the one thing I did think was dumb was when they were like, "Oh, they're he's too small for our defenses. We'll have to use our fighters." It's like didn't you learn anything from 40 years ago? Yeah. Nobody can put those quad I mean, they, laser turrets somewhere. <laughs> they did build a, like a third Death Star, so probably not. Well, see, here's the thing, though. Like, it doesn't even make sense that the Dreadnought wouldn't have anti-fighter defenses other than fighters. Because, like, you get the original... I think this kind of was created in A New Hope by the original Death Star. Yeah. Where, you know, the ships are too small, they're evading our turbo lasers. But in A New Hope, they also specifically call out that... Uh, that they're only expecting attack from capital ships, or otherwise they would have a tighter defense, right? Okay. It's actually like specific. The Death Star is so big that why would it have to worry about a starfighter? Yeah. Instead, it's going to focus its, its you know its firepower around capital ships. Um, so you know, as a result, fires are effective against it. That's the mm-hmm. whole reason the attack was able to work. Yeah. But now we've kind of taken that paradigm and extended it to every other capital ship and everything that's not a Tie Fighter. Yeah. And, and right. Also, they just, know the resistance doesn't really have a lot of capital right, ships. Right, yeah. <laughs> All they have is those plucky little starfighters. So they should bring around, along whatever the modern equivalent of a car- starfighters. Car- which cruiser. I will point out in the following battle, you know, one bomber was able to to you know make one bombing run and destroy an entire, entire dreadnought. It, it almost feels like. And then subsequently, Kylo Ren and his two escort TIE fighters, uh, you know, wipe out the bridge on the main resistance capital mm. ship, right? It almost feels like, why do we even have capital ships? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is the point of all of this if we can't take one, take out one small little resistance and ship? And that, that brings me to two points that I, I meant to talk about. One, the bombers are a terrible weapon. They're one of the least efficient Explosive delivery Actually, systems. Actually, really like the bombers because it's a great scene. Yeah, it's World War Two. But it would be way more effective just to throw a whole bunch of those bombs in the general direction. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Well, I, they did. I mean, they did have to hit the right spot on the ship for it to be. Cause, yeah, because yeah. it did have really heavy armor and and all that stuff. So, so maybe if we can kind of summarize the opening scene, I think a lot of us <laughs> will say that like it's it's good and it was effective from a storytelling standpoint, but some of the mechanics are a little iffy. Yeah. I, I mean, I liked the design of the bombers mm-hmm. and. And, and honestly, it's Star Wars. It doesn't have to make sense. It makes sense. Like the physics and the and the and the strategies and stuff don't have to make sense to me at all. Yeah. Like, all right. 
And um, that, that brings me back to my second point. If hyperspace becomes a super weapon, what is the point of building Death Stars? <laughs> if all it takes is, like, say you can blow up a Star Destroyer with a single fighter-sized hyperspace drive, what well, is the Empire doing? Yeah, <laughs> Technically, that right. wasn't a fighter. That yeah, was, that was the Oh, whole, yes, was but it also killed a dreadnought, as opposed to... I'm just saying, a smaller ship. But it didn't kill it. It just cut a, cut a line through it. And I killed know. everything behind it. Yeah. Yeah, I really didn't... <laughs> I mean, I really that brings up, like, why it. haven't... Like armies and fleets been doing that in the Star Wars galaxy right. for that, like that millennia. That scene though you know? was like it was one of the most beautiful scenes. It was, it was gorgeous, and, I, and <laughs> because of that and how well executed it was, I don't really care right. about the continuity issues. It doesn't, just, it doesn't just, bother me a whole yeah. lot. But like a lot of things that I've noticed in this movie, it's something that's really cool, yeah. but is super troubling from a world building perspective. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, fair. And, and also, also, I mean, this is this is another thing about the movie. Like big picture, it felt very much like some of the lesser expanded universe novels. I mean, there is a time in the in the Yuzhang Vong War where they run the Lizankia into a Yuzhang Vong uh, world ship. It's literally exactly the same thing. It doesn't go in hyperspace, does it? No, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't use yeah. hyperspace. It just rams, it rams, the, it. Yeah. rams right. the And we saw that in Rogue One, right, where you had right. the uh, cruiser running yeah. the yeah. Star Destroyer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's just like, I mean, it, you know, it yeah. kind of... And and also you also just have to keep in keep in mind that that Captain Phasma is literally the only person who that who that ship killed. <laughs> <laughs> if she's even dead, if, yeah. If she's knows. dead, she's yeah. probably coming back. Who knows? Because yeah, she's I, unkillable. Everybody <laughs> thinks that she got killed in that. I do. I do agree that I, I think. I she's think going they to come set back. it up when they showed us her eye. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it here. Uh, now. She's gonna be back in the next one, and like we're gonna see her eye again, and it's gonna be like mechanical, or uh, it's gonna yeah, have burn tissue around like, it, or you know, almost like a grievous moment. Yeah, I, I literally don't care one way or another, unless they actually give me some reason I, to care about see, her as well, person. First of all, I'm I'm interested in reading the book because they came out with a novel that was the mm-hmm. the setup for this. Um, I'm I'm kind of fine with exactly how much we've gotten of her. Like I think that. I think that she's an interesting character. Um, it's interesting to have just sort of a, like, a, a featured stormtrooper kind of kind of thing, um, and and also to have somebody that is sort of a, a rival to Finn because Finn is not that interesting of a character. Yeah. Uh, but but it's not like it's not like she needs to be. First of all, first of all, everyone's saying she, we were told she was going to be the next Boba Fett. What is Boba Fett? Boba Fett's yeah, the same yeah. I mean, she is the next. He Boba doesn't do anything. That's a super accurate description. Cool like he looks super confident, and then he dies. <laughs> she, looks, she looks cool, and she's in two scenes. Yeah, That's yeah. Boba Fett. Yeah, I mean, Boba Fett does one competent thing where he's not fooled by Han Solo, like turning off all of the power and sticking yeah, to the back, yeah, and I mean, that doesn't trick him. So that's the one competent thing he does. And you have to keep in mind that any time they spend on improving our understanding of Phasma takes away from something else that's true just or maybe more important they might have too many things going on you don't on. have to have a huge backstory for every character right. that's true um so uh so uh, the, just one one last thing i want to say about the the or well two sort of two things connected with this with this opening um so first of all i really did like the 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 Rose's sister sacrificing herself. That was a good. That was a good moment. Um, and then, and then also, I really liked that. Like they were kind of treating it as if it was a victory, and then Leia looks down and she sees that the entire the entire mm-hmm. fighter squadron has been wiped out. That goes on to be the point of the entire yeah, resistance. Yeah. Right. And it was a good. It was good framing too, because the rest of the resistance are celebrating, but and she's she, the only right. one who looks down and, and she actually... demotes him for it and everything. And that's. I mean, I think that's that's kind of that's probably why Holdo was being a jerk the whole yeah. time. I would like to point out. What would those bombers have helped with? 
because they had an entire Imperial fleet behind them with an even bigger ship. Are you going to charge the bombers against that with fighters? Well, in all actuality, like they idea. probably would have been destroyed by Kylo Ren's bombing run right. on the hangar. Mm. But, um, <laughs> I mean, but you didn't know that at the time. Yeah, yeah. you didn't know that. Well, they might have had, I mean, not necessarily, I mean, the bombers are one thing, but it wasn't just bombers. I mean, it was X-Wings and A-Wings that were that were destroyed and there, pilots, too. Right? And right. pilots, yeah. I mean, it was it was a big, it was a big loss, and, and they still ended up losing the fleet, and they could have... Also, also, they thought that they had at that point they thought that they had gotten away, right? Which is yeah. another thing, right? Um, so, so we get to um, okay. So, jump, jumping forward a little bit. So, the next, I think, the next kind of controversial moment here is is Leia yeah. saving herself, yeah. Mary Poppins style. Oh man, that that's probably the weakest part of the entire. Yeah, movie. I did not like that scene at all. I, I pretty it's much spent weird. the entire movie. Okay, I'm pretty sure they've written her out. When is it going to happen? Oh, here's four different chances of disappointment. <laughs> I, I will say that I did legitimately think they killed her. Yeah, I did too. Like, and then they could just put a little umbrella in her hand, and then she comes yeah. back into the show. So I'm, I'm glad they. I mean, first of all, I'm glad they didn't. Uh, well, I'm glad they didn't change anything. I'm glad they didn't kill her. Me too. During it, I, I, I think it'll be much better if they just, you know, start the next movie with her funeral or something that yeah. she dies off off screen. I don't think she should even die. You think she should just be retired or whatever? Yeah, yeah they'll um, find some way to write. Because I mean, because I think that's why I think that's why they killed Admiral Akbar in it, like when he was pulled out of the bridge. Because the because the the guy that played Admiral Akbar died right after. I, I would say, as a um, rule, an actor or actress dying is not a good reason to kill their character. I mean, I think you could find a good reason to kill Leia anyway, just because you know. Spoilers, Luke and Han are now dead, mm-hmm. right? And so right. this entire purpose of this new trilogy is for the old guard to kind of pass the torch onto these new characters. And right. two out of the three of the trio are dead, so it makes sense that Leia would go Well, as but well, at the so. time, I was watching it for the first time. I thought Leia was going to be the two, second one, yeah. and I didn't think Luke was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. But honestly, I liked her saving herself. This was another moment that felt like it would have been in one of the expanded universe novels. And maybe and maybe it's a little bit pulpy, maybe it's not perfectly Star Warsy. Um but I like that she uses the force even though she's I, I, I agree that seeing her use the force reminding us that she has the Skywalker blood, she's very powerful use mm-hmm. force. I like all that. I just wouldn't have done it this way. There are lots of other ways to do it. I think I would is even okay with maybe her saving herself here. But maybe not get her all the way out into space. Maybe yeah. like have her force grab onto something and then f- pull her way right. in. Something more but subtle. Just the fact felt, that yeah, she just... was pulling a Guardians of the Galaxy two and freezing in the middle of space just seemed a little weird. <laughs> it felt a little awkwardly <laughs> executed for me. Like, wasn't I mean it wasn't perfect, but I liked it. Yeah. I I just just I I hear what you're saying, but I just liked it. <laughs> Fair and enough. Yeah. You're wrong. Your we opinions can't are take wrong. That from you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. So so um. So yeah, hold, just let's go into a little bit more about Holdo because uh, we talked a little bit about her, but she's and and her and sort of her her subplot. I mean, first of all, first of all, it's pretty clear when when they're announcing who's going to be in charge that Poe thinks he's going to yeah, be in right, charge, yeah, right. which it, was a good moment when he gets to, when he gets disappointed that he's yeah, not, you know, yeah. yeah, and then and then he and then and I mean he I I but I do feel like he's like I know that they're trying to te- they're trying to teach him a lesson. Um, and it's just, it's just, it was a little too much. Like she made the wrong call, but I'm also okay with her making the wrong call because she's a, she's a side character. And I think that in, in a star Wars movie, especially one where you're dealing with politics and people who, people who are super arrogant and 
all this stuff. Uh, it's okay to have kind of imperfect characters. Yeah, but she made a really bad call. Because yeah, mm-hmm. like the, the, for me, the, the the scene that really shows that is when Poe comes in and he's demanding answers. He's just demanding a plan, and he starts like kicking stuff and wrecking the bridge. And so then she's like, "Get this man out of my bridge." And I'm like, "Okay, at this point, you need to you need to put this guy in jail." Right, you need to like uh, yeah, you need sure. to like forcibly restrain break. him because yeah. he's clearly unhinged at this point. Like you know, it's obvious he's going to do something more drastic than what he just did. But instead, she just lets him go back to his room. Mm-hmm. And then of course, he takes matters into his own hands. So if you're going to withhold information from him, and you can make a good argument for doing that, he's I'm he's not I'm his CEO, I'm his commanding officer. He doesn't he doesn't have a right to know this information. He needs to fall in line just like everyone else. But given his behavior, they should put him in jail or throw him in the brig. He just or, disobeyed an yeah, order, like, and it caused. The, our entire our entire fight yeah, to get and, and that's a big deal and then he goes on and then he tries to and then obviously he leads to a, like a full on mutiny later on and that's just I think that's just Holdo being weak honestly mm-hmm. like if she's going to take the route of not telling him the information then she needs to restrain him and take harder action lots of things I would have done differently first well if we insisted on having Holdo she should have been in uniform so that I you know, had a little bit more respect for her. I, I think like I, and I hinted at this earlier, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to like her or not. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I kind of was siding with Poe both times because like I kind of felt like what he did was justified based on the what, information that we had. Based yeah. on the information that he had. Mm-hmm. He felt he was being a hero. Yeah. He was the only one that was gonna <laughs> save the resistance, right? And and its capital ship. Um <sighs> And then, on the other hand, they, like, could have made Holdo a little more likable. Uh, she could have, like, just given him something. She, like, it felt right. like she withheld information um, in order to, it felt a little contrived, like, yeah, yeah. as, like, a fake way to yeah. advance the plot. There's right. always was, that. Go ahead. Oh, it was more like she was withholding it just to mess with him yeah. <laughs> just to yeah. punish him which there's too much at stake to do to, that <laughs> right. right he's he's pretty much your second in command at this point yeah. and you're you're shutting him out i guess the thing is he's not the second in command though there's, he's there's way down the too. i mean yeah well yeah he's i mean yeah he's he's just a captain like he's you know yeah. he's he's down down the down the list uh but i i think i think well one of the biggest problems is that is that at the end she says that she liked him all you know so she I was just she was just she was just toying with him you know um i think if you'd have made her a little less redeemable it would have it would have been a more a more interesting call um I would have actually made that character been someone familiar, like Akbar instead of killing off Akbar mm-hmm. off screen i I would have made that Akbar fill that role and give a better reason for not telling Poe the plan. Mm-hmm. Even right. if it's just something like, I don't have time, I'm busy, there's all this stuff going the only on. Problem with I can't explain this to a captain. Right? The, right. the only problem I have with that, because I've heard other people say that Leia should have filled that role and she shouldn't. She just shouldn't have been in a coma. But my only problem with that line of thinking is like Poe would not have instigated a mutiny against Leia. Right. right. He would not have done it. He trusts her too much. Same thing with yeah. Akbar. And I, don't think he would with, I don't think he would with Akbar either. So I think you do need a new, untested, unfamiliar character for Poe to feel like he has to take drastic measures to um, override this person. Yeah. I just wish I didn't agree with him. Yeah. Because I felt like the movie's moral was that I I should have been with Holdo the whole time. Yeah. So, but so it wasn't. The, the thing, the movie's moral was... I think when you're watching it, you're supposed to agree with Poe, but then at the end, you're supposed to think that Holdo was right, and and I and in in the but what it comes across as is you were on Poe's side. Poe was wrong, but Holdo was still a jerk. Right, yeah. right, right. I still think maybe one she should have been in uniform and shown a little more competence, or gone with yeah the more experienced officer, someone we'd seen. 
Um, just because what if it had been Admiral Akbar and Poe had still mutinied? That would have been a much stronger message. Yeah. Again, yeah, I, like I like Poe's arc in this movie, and I like how the payoff that you get when you're on crate, you know, and and no. they're doing that big mission to try to take out that um, big Death Star tech, whatever. I, forget what it's called but like that big laser thing cannon thing the thing from the Tartasius yeah sure and and they're all heading there and then finally Poe's like oh no this is a suicide mission we need to retreat you know and that's that's the result that's a payoff from his story beforehand mm-hmm. so I, I like it I believe it was a battering ram cannon of course battering, Ian thank you ram a battering cannon. ram yeah. cannon yeah, yeah. those Star Wars tech. terms are so weird <laughs> sorry they're confusing I can't get my mind <laughs> yeah, around this tries Death Star we tech. can pretend yeah. that's just what <laughs> what Finn wants to call it maybe it's got a real name so for me I liked Poe in this movie I liked his Arc in this movie, I just feel like some of the the mechanics and the and the the, the sh- like the skeleton of the story just doesn't quite work mm-hmm. for me. Just kind of tighten that up a little bit, give give us more reason to trust Holdo than we do, and I think that works. It's just a little bit of a misfire. So um, so don't worry, this podcast can go on forever. <laughs> okay, there's no there is no time limit. <laughs> uh, um, so um, one thing that one piece of criticism that this that this film has gotten. Uh, on the internet is that it's not Star Warsy, and I thought it when I was watching it the first time, but I just can't figure out why. Like, first of all, I can't figure out why I thought it, and second of all, I don't agree with myself anymore. <laughs> I, there are definitely some very Star Warsy things. I mean, like the the bomber attack we were just talking about, World War Two. These are B seventeens yeah. and their fire support, mm. and you know the original trilogy. Um, fighter scenes were all World War II sure. inspired. I thought that was very Star Wars. I mean, the entire conflict was World War right. II inspired. I think the right? whole like, Ray Snoke, Kylo Ren thing was very Star Warsy, almost yeah. too familiar, I would say. Mm. Uh, and we can talk about that a little later. But um, but there were definitely other things that took me out of it. Um, Leia flying did not feel Star Warsy to me. Uh, and then like we get to um, the casino planet, and that did not yeah. it, that felt. Actually, the, the animals, I can't remember what they were called, but uh, yeah, they felt either. like Harry Potter creatures. Yes, they looked like yeah. Dobby. Yeah, they looked, maybe they looked like Dobby. The whole sequence yeah. with them charging through the casino kind of felt like a Harry Potter Yeah, it didn't sequence. feel like yeah. Star Wars. Okay, I have, I've been sitting on this for a little while, but I, I have a whole soapbox for this sequence and okay. why I dislike it so much. <laughs> okay. So if you can give me a couple minutes here. Yeah, no, 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 you be- can take it. Because I've, li- I've been listening to a lot of criticism of the Canto Bite sequence on the internet, and you know, a lot of it comes down to, oh, it just felt extraneous, it didn't, it didn't match very well, it felt silly, and you could cut it out, and I agree with all of that. But for me, it was especially um, heinous for me because I love Finn as a character, especially in The Force Awakens. He was incredibly interesting to me, and he was my favorite new character in that movie. And it's precisely because of his backstory. I thought it was fascinating that he was an ex-stormtrooper who uh, who who uh, becomes a member of the resistance. And seeing him move from just someone who wants to escape to becoming like a uh, full-fledged, ideologically driven character was a great arc for me. But I just think they could completely screwed it up in this movie. And the reason is because like he might as well not be an ex-stormtrooper because in this movie he's just a dude. He's just doing things, and like they have so much potential with him to like examine this this aspect of him. Why is Finn different than all of the other stormtroopers? Why does he defeat the brainwashing thing because of one battle 
and the beginning of Force Awakens and why is he different. So what they should have done in this movie is um, had you still have Rose. I liked Rose. I thought she was a great character. I just, but like you can still have Finn and Rose. But instead, go to an Imperial occupied planet where the Codebreaker is imprisoned and they have to break him out of prison. But instead, have Finn like run into some of his old friends from the First Order that are still stormtroopers, and he sees them and they're still brainwashed, and he has mm. to fight them to break this guy out, and he needs to question like what makes me different than these people? Like, am I just being brainwashed for the resistance or Uh you can, and then you can even have a fight with Phasma that means more, right? Because Phasma could be there and you know, she could be like, you know what? You were always a, you were always a bad egg or you were, you were listening from the beginning and you can kind of go into that relationship a little bit better. And so you have Finn's past that's informed. And so when he actually fights Phasma, there's a, there's a payoff there because for me, it just felt like she was just kind of shoehorned in so that they could fight one more time. And and so like for me like that was just a complete wasted opportunity. I was looking forward to seeing more about Finn's character, and I felt like they kind of blew it in this one. I felt like they didn't know what to do with him. So yeah, they kind of like. Made oh, I totally up. feel like they don't yeah. know what to do with him. Right now, I would have liked to. Have, yeah, I would have liked to have seen something similar. Where maybe remember how he had to escape. He needed a pilot. Maybe it was some imperial officer who like got it into his head that he needed to escape. Was a pilot originally worked yeah. out this plan. He got transferred. Maybe yeah. he, he comes back into contact with him, but. My main problem with Finn in this movie is something very small but super important. How has Finn mopped every important <laughs> in the Imperium? He's the, only, he's the only janitor they trust. Well, I mean, I mean, he's he's he was a. I mean, it is like the story is that the battle on Jakku was or on Jakku he was that was his first actual yeah, he combat was just mission. A janitor before, and I mean, so I mean, he could have he could have you know mopped three or four of them, and also like I mean, Sno- I guess Snoke's ship. He mopped, and he was, yeah. and he was in janit, and he was in janitorial, and so that's two. That's just two ships. He's, he's the guy <laughs> who always the- mops the most secret places <laughs> in the empire. Right. I mean, yeah. So like, and for me, I feel like it's almost too late at this point because you have so much work you have to do in episode nine, you know, to finish this this mm. conclusion out, and I just don't see how you can you can adequately treat Finn. With with the excitement that I think the Force Awakens successfully built up for me, like I just right. felt like it was just dropped so hard in this movie that he went from being my favorite character to being like, eh, if he died at the end of the Last Jedi, I probably would have been fine with it. You know, yeah. it just, they had a chance to do something with him, and yeah. instead they chose to make a statement about both sides dealing to war. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, and saving animals from and saving some animals. Yeah, yeah we'll the, probably the saving, the, the, saving yeah. the animals thing was 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 really dumb. Yeah. Like it was really out of nowhere. Because those are like those are domesticated animals. I mean, I know they weren't in good position, but it doesn't mean like if you have a if you have a horse like a domesticated horse that has lived in a stall, it's like, <laughs> and then you just say, hey, go run free. It's not going to know what to do with itself. <laughs> Are there rancors on this planet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I get what they're trying to do, right? Because like when Holdo uh, accepts her position as a new leader, she talks about like the oppressed and the downtrodden. And they were trying to show that with the Canto Bite sequence, but they just didn't do a very good job of it. Right? They're trying to show it from Rose's perspective, how like the First Order came in and stole all of their minerals and they you know, were sold off by all these rich people on Canto Bite. You know what did a better just... job of showing the Empire oppressing people? <laughs> Everyone who watched holiday the holiday special, special. <laughs> yes, like uh, seriously, seriously. Yeah. If, if you haven't seen it, that's that's the that's like there's this dark undertone <laughs> that the Imperials look ve- are very Nazi ish, or even I mean to use the new continuity, 
uh, what was it? The Book of New Dawn, where they go to a mining planet and right. they actually yeah. just start executing all. Yeah, these so people. you get like a one, you get like a one or two sentence exposition from Rose, and yeah. she, I think she acted it fine, but like you, I, I'm not going to feel the oppression of the First Order because of a two sentence exposition sequence, right? That doesn't mm-hmm. do it, and I'm not going to feel it because one of the guys running the horses is shocking it with a little a shocker thing, like that is, right. doesn't. <laughs> I want to see why Rose is this upset. I want to see why the First Order is. How does the, how does the one and a half foot? wrinkly guy bathing in money really <laughs> yeah. like the bull leprechaun yeah, yeah. How does this i heard he's voiced by mark hamill by the way is he really yeah that's amazing that doubles his interestingness <laughs> yeah. goes from zero to zero so mark hamill can come back in the next one then. <laughs> yeah i'm yeah the casino i mean the casino sequence just it felt very extraneous they it, i don't like that they're like we only have 18 hours and you're able to go and they're able to just instantly yeah. go to and from the planet um they could have picked any amount of time. Why did they I pick felt that? like the the security on the casino planet looked very much like a movie from 1978 that was trying to be Star Wars but yeah. was not Star Wars. Yeah. Okay, like when we would do Star Wars videos as 13 year old kids, yeah, that was the costume I mean, we would wear. I mean, like it looked like like I think there's a there's a movie called Star Crash that Mystery Science Theater did, and uh, yeah, that's the, that uh, they had costumes like that. Like I, I, I think like. This is one of the points where it, there were a couple of points in the movie where things felt too familiar, like too from from other Star Wars movies. Uh-huh. This was an area that I think badly needed to feel more familiar. Yeah, yeah. Like if I had seen a Twi'lek and a Rodian yeah. in there, yes, things yes. had felt a little grungier. And maybe if the original Codebreaker, you know, who has one line and you barely see him, right? Yeah. The guy they actually that should have been Lando, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. that should have been Billy. Yeah. I thought it was going to happen, right? Yeah. yeah, is that like just a little bit of that? I think would have mm-hmm. really helped the. Well, I kind of get it because I mean the whole movie was basically Empire Strikes Back in reverse, and you've got to remember in the in the stories, Cloud City is I mean it's a mining outpost, but it's also like they've got these high class casinos there. That's how Lando basically got in charge of everything. But but so it does it. But the casino doesn't look like Star Wars. The it casino does, looks like Harry Potter. Right. And it's a Hunger Games. And the casino doesn't show up in the movie. Enjoy so you can always the, just imagine it. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. the exciting adventure of Finn and Rose as they escape the casino parking police as they try to yeah. find their way to illegally park their vehicle. Yeah, in the that's yeah. That yeah. was that was maybe the worst thing about it was was the the horse face guy complaining <laughs> to the yeah. parking. Because, like, cause like, if you were... I don't care how much of a... I don't care how incompetent you are. I don't care how much of a hurry you're in. In Star Wars, the... the, the I, you can find a place to park. Yeah. Like, right. Or, or they can... Or they can... Uh, hotwire whatever ship. Like, like it shouldn't... It shouldn't really be a... I don't know. It, fe- it didn't... Yeah, it felt... Yeah, they could like have it. come up with a reason for it by mentioning, like, the docking fees are outrageous yeah. or something like that. Or... Even just saying like, oh, this guy, giving this guy a reward for turning them in or something like that. But instead, yeah. they didn't even like tow their ship. They just <laughs> blew it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was, that was when they were chasing them, right? Like, like if they'd, or if they'd, if they'd landed, if they'd landed and they said, are we allowed to park here? Even something like that, like would have... But instead, instead, like the guy told them that they weren't allowed to park there because it's yeah. a public beach. Like I, I don't know. Just, just the- don't show them parking. Like you see it all the time in Star Wars, where someone goes to a new planet and you just cut from them yeah. approaching the planet to being on the planet. Right? You don't yeah. need to like deal with this parking nonsense. They could have found a bet. Yeah, they could have found. They definitely could have found a better way. I mean, they're probably wanted by the First Order. 
Yeah. They could have just been like, oh, that's Finn. Uh, you know, that's yeah. FN2187. Yeah. Which is I mean, what happens in The Force Awakens, the Force Awakens when they go to yeah. Mas bar, right? Like they're, they're, they're obscene by a Force Awakened, mm-hmm. or a Force Awakened um, agent. So, so, uh, so, you know, now, actually, now that we're about an hour into it, I'm going to save the file so that if any problems happen, and we'll move yeah. on to the next part, and we'll take just a very short break. I heard my friends really got in a mess So I'm gonna have to leave Yoda, I guess But I know that I'll be coming back someday I'll be playing this part till I'm old and gray The long-term contract I had to sign Said I'll be making these movies till the end of time Oh my Yoda Yo, 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 Yoda Yo, 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 Yoda Yoda Yo 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 Yoda Yo 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 Yoda We got to talk about Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, we should talk about Luke Skywalker. Um so uh 6 minutes into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um was always yeah, so yeah, it so Ray goes to do we what's the name of the planet that Luke's on? It starts with an A. I have no idea. Akol, something like that. You know, I Actol? it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Not Tython. <laughs> well, Ian's looking it up, so we'll we'll uh, we'll 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 figure that out. But yeah, Luke is the is sort of the reluctant teacher here. Um, Ray, you know, does the does the bits where she's where she uh, you know she's telling him that she's from the resistance, but she doesn't really want to say why she's there and stuff. It, it was a, it felt very textbook, but it also felt very like true, like it, it felt correct. It's Achto or Ach two. A C A H C H dash T O. So someone's sneezing and they just wrote down. Oh, that's the name of the planet. That sounds like somebody who. It sounds like something that somebody who wants to make something vaguely sound Star Wars would would make up. But that's okay. Again, that's another like sort of lesser expanded universe kind of thing. And, and they not, never say it yeah, in either of the movies. Right. 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 Maybe it's pronounced Kazook. Anyway. Just, just like Crate, I believe, is the planet at the end. Yeah. I don't think that's said in the movie. They I think they say it. Do they? Well they, I know it. I mean they introduce the planet where they're gonna go to retreat, but I don't know if they say the name. I don't remember. Okay. Either they either say it or it's in something because I mean otherwise why would we know it? I think they say it, but it goes by so fast. Yeah, that everyone yeah. pretty much. Yeah, it. it definitely, it definitely, because I thought it might have been Lothal the first time I watched it. Huh. Um, but anyway, it's salt, by the way, not snow. Yes, so it's totally yes, not hot. Yes, they totally yeah. made that clear. Salt. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We'll get to we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, okay. An extremely um, thin so layer Luke. of salt. <laughs> so the so the, the bit so Luke training Ray and Ray all that stuff. What did you guys think of it? So I didn't expect Luke to be like this. I, I guess I kind of had a hint just from the teaser. So for the record, I did not watch the trailer. Um, I, I made the whole time without seeing the trailer. I did watch the teaser, the original mm-hmm. one, though. Um, and even in that, he says it's time for the Jedi to end. And, you know, I kind of got the impression that he'd be kind of jaded. And yeah. we knew already that, you know, he had gone to an island to hide because of what happened right, to Kylo right, Ren. Yeah. So, well, you know, the writing was on the wall on that one. But, like... Still, like the just the sheer amount that he was jaded was surprising, uh, especially for Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. the, the guy who you know in the original trilogy never stopped fighting, right? Yeah, yeah. right. 
And it definitely feels like end of the Yuzan Vong War, like Grumpy Luke. Everything <laughs> is ruined. Yeah. But at that point, he's watched like hundreds of his students die instead of like the twelve. Not uh, even yeah. twelve, because Kylo yeah. Ren took some of them with yeah, him. Yeah, so you die or turn to the dark side. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, of his of his students, but then also he sees all of the destruction yeah. that that is being caused by those students, and he sees the cycle that is, you know, right. He did all this work to destroy the original empire, and now the first order is back yeah. in as strong as the empire. So, like, I I absolutely love Luke Skywalker in this movie, and uh, I know a lot of people have this p- complaint where they're like, I just don't see how Luke would be this way. I don't see how he would even consider killing um, Ben Solo, e- even if it's for just for a brief instant. But I think it's completely believable. And the reason I do is because Luke's entire arc in the original trilogy is him resisting the call of the dark side and, and having to, to fight back that temptation, right? He deals with it in Empire, and then he deals with it at the end of Return of the Jedi. And if you remember, he goes into Return of the Jedi, you know, and he's... He's persistent and he's convinced that he can turn Vader. And for the for a little while, he was he was doing pretty well until Vader. What does he do? He threatens Leia. He's like, if you won't turn, maybe I can get Leia to turn. And at that point, Luke loses it, right? And he he completely gives himself over to the dark side for at least a little while. Defeats Vader in a duel, and it's only until later where he takes a breath that he's able to resist that urge. And so like that's part of his character. That weakness is there, you know. And I think Luke's aware of that weakness. And so when we fast forward to him training Ben Solo, um, he has that weakness again, where he sees. Ben Solo about to repeat the same mistakes as his father. He's going to see the cycle continue again. And so for a brief moment, he's... He just has, like, if I could just kill this kid, this all could stop. And it's just for an instant, right? But then he realizes, no, right. that's And he feels shame. And he feels shame. Un- unfortunately, like, the internet seems to have fixated on this, right. on the fact that he, you know, contemplated it for a moment yeah. and then said, oh, yeah, no, this guy murders people. But, that, like, but no. that one moment had disastrous consequences, right? Because right? that was the time when Ben happened to look up, see Luke with his lightsaber struck. And and that sets off the whole problem, mm-hmm. right? But I, I love that because that one little weakness that Luke has, that small opening to the dark side, is what catapults this entire conflict. Yeah. And I thought it was great. Right. And I definitely love the emphasis on the certain point of view, which is a famous Star Wars phrase sure. and really changes how you keep seeing that flashback every single time. It, yep. It's That's really true. well done. That's very well done. You're right. Yeah. So I just want to clarify. I said I was surprised by what was the case with Luke. I did enjoy it. Yeah. I thought it was well done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, um, especially late in the Expanded Universe, talking Fate of the Jedi era and stuff, I kind of was tired of Luke. Like, he, I feel like the way that he, the way that his arc went in the, in the Expanded Universe, because it was fans of Star Wars writing for fans of Star Wars, <laughs> Luke was, Luke became Superman. Luke, yeah. Luke became uh, slightly overpowered, but more infallible. He was the legendary Luke Skywalker. Right, exactly. Yeah. He was the legendary that's what Luke made Skywalker. This movie, I love that bit. That's what made this movie so interesting when you compare it to the EU. Because in the EU, right, Luke succeeds in rebuilding the Jedi. He creates a new temple and he and he trains hundreds of Jedi. And he fixes the mistakes that the old Republic Jedi mm-hmm. made. He allows them to have attachments. He allows them to empathize with the people they're trying to help. But in this movie, he tries to do that and he fails. Mm-hmm. So for me, like I'm glad they went in that completely different direction than just kind of retread what we've already gotten in the books. I know most fans don't read the Expanded Universe books, but I did, and so I like that we get something new. I just found it amazing that how – I mean pretty – even in the, the old legacy books, uh, he starts a temple. He gets people in. He does fail. He fails in pretty much the same way. With Exar Kun, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but – 
in this one, he just takes Game it Taurus, so yeah. much harder, and he yeah. never bounces. He just refuses to even try again, which I thought was a little mm. more interesting, if sad for the world. <laughs> but he has this great line that I absolutely loved when um, he's starting to train Ray, right? And he's like, "What do you know about the Force? Try sensing it." And she's, "Oh, I, you know, it's life and death." And you feel that that's the Force. You feel, but, <laughs> but then he says this great line where he's like, "Now, why does this exclusively belong to the Jedi?" Right. Yeah, that's vanity, to right? Believe that it belongs to the Jedi. Yeah, because the Jedi always. Right. Had this exclusive claim to the force, and Luke and Luke realizes that hubris, that arrogance, is precisely what has led to all the problems the galaxy has seen. And so, like, I think he's rebelling against that idea. And then his growth at the end is, I think, he kind of realizes there's a distinction between the Jedi as it's organizationally understood as an as like an organization, but there's all but there's still a place for the light side and hope within the force. Yeah. And I think he because the the former failed, he kind of thinks the latter is impossible. And I think Yoda kind of helps him see there's a difference. Yeah, I loved I loved the scene with Yoda. Yeah. Like I, I man, that that was that was maybe my favorite scene. Because and and also the other thing I want to say, Mark Hamill's performance, he made me believe yeah. he was Luke Skywalker. Yeah, totally, I've, fast, I've totally seen fantastic. Mark Hamill in other yeah. stuff. I've seen him do, and, and he looks different. But like the it's sort of like how Harrison Ford made me believe that he was Han yeah. Solo in uh, in whatever that other movie was. Uh, the <laughs> that movie we won't special. speak of. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Best Han Solo of the entire saga. Actually, if you watch the holiday special, he's the only one that like is almost trying <laughs> to acting. He's not really trying. But. Kendall loves the holiday special, guys. I, in case I'm, you on a, I'm on a thing. It's Christmas time. I'm, yes, I've watched it a few times. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh, but like when he's talking, he sounds like Luke Skywalker and he, right. and you believe that yeah. he is Luke Skywalker. The th- the very thing that Mark Hamill spent so long trying to escape. <laughs> yep. Uh, but uh, but like yeah yeah he's 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 great. I love that he doesn't he, you know he still doesn't quite understand. You know he's he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna burn down the tree with a little teeny tiny flare. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Yoda he hesitates. Yeah, he even yeah. changes his mind. Right. He tries to run back in and save the books. Yeah. But Yoda's like nah, I got it. <laughs> Which apparently Force Ghosts can call lightning from the sky, which <laughs> this I, raises all sorts yeah, which of I'm okay with. I think that's kind of cool because that opens the door for Luke to do some cool stuff in Episode Nine as a Force Ghost. Mm, yeah, but I think okay. So I think some of the reason that the Force works slightly different in this movie than other movies has to do with that planet that they're on, because um, that was the original Jedi Temple. No. there is the there is the 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 dark side pit, pit thing. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. the you know like the Dagobah cave. You know, the reason that Yoda went to Dagobah in some of the books or whatever is that the dark side energy was strong there, so it would hide him. So, you know, I just I think that I think that specifically that planet and and I think that there is precedent in, you know, outside of the outside of the movies, but in in the comics, in the books, in the even in the the cartoons where like a certain geographic area will have a unique connection to the force or a certain entity will have a unique connection to the force. It's so hard to say because with the uh, erasing of the expanded universe, we almost hit the reset button on the kinds of things the force can do. You know, so I think they've given themselves a lot of freedom to kind of change some things up than right. what we're Which, used to. But at least, at least there's, if there's already precedent for the force doing weird, crazy things, <laughs> then why, then why not, you know, why not let it, let sure. it keep doing it, you sure. know? And also the other thing, I think it was already there was already a lightning storm. So the fact that lightning hit, it wasn't like it wasn't like force lightning coming from Yoda's sure, hand. Sure, right. It was, like it was it was Yoda and the be who has become one with the force, kind of 
just manipulating the natural flow of nature. But he also bonks Luke in the face with a stick, right? right. So there's so some there's kind contact. of physical contact. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And not only that, but Luke, when he does it later in the movie, makes physical contact with Leia. Yeah. 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 Well, and Kylo Ren makes physical contact with uh, with with Ray. I mean, Ray and Kylo make right. physical contact. Right. Yeah, he has the water on his I hand. Think that's, I think that is specific to the... That those force progressions, I think, are are related to the planet that they're on. The only thing is that there's a moment where Ray and Kylo, when they're escaping crate, Ray kind of can see Kylo. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but it's less. I, even then, it's like less. So it's more. I, I, I think was never like super like, clear in those scenes. Like, could they see each other? Just like you know, Luke. I mean, were they actually appearing as illusions? Yeah. I mean, when they touch hands, definitely, because Luke walks in and he sees yeah. them both there. Mm-hmm. But in all the other circumstances, it was very careful not to show them both in a shot. When Kylo told her, he's like, I can see you, but not, not, your, surroundings. not your surroundings. Yeah. Right? Right. So he couldn't see Luke in the background, and Luke couldn't see him. Yeah. Because so he looks like he's really suspicious. clear what the nature yeah. of that link was, but. Right. And I'm, except that when he said that, I wasn't it. sure, like, is he lying? Is he telling the truth? Because they didn't cut her background out of the shots. Yeah. Well, because I think you're kind of seeing it from Ray's perspective. Yeah. I mean, obviously, right. obviously, Ray could could physically see him because she was told him to put a shirt on. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> like I think I took it as <laughs> that was a pretty I, good scene. <laughs> I was actually I was actually kind I kind of surprised well, the first time I saw it. I thought it was it it had to do with Luke, um, specifically like that Luke was blocking him. But then Luke had cut himself off from the Force, so. He obviously wasn't doing it. I, I still, I think it's that planet. For the record, the only one who gave a better performance than Mark Hamill was Adam Driver. Kylo okay. Ren was fantastic. So, do you guys have you guys ever watched Girls? No. Um, it's just in general. Then, then <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's it's it was an, it's over now. It's HBO show with Lena Dunham and Adam Driver is the is the male is the male love interest, okay. and he is kylo ren in that movie in a a, he's kylo ren living alone in a studio apartment in new york and it is it's 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 great because i you know because he's great but those those scenes between uh between ray and kylo you if you just if you if you change some of the words so that they were you know made sense in the real world but like that inflection and the back and forth there are a ton of scenes in girls that are just that and Mm. I like girls, so it's <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's it's just it's just a really like unique thing because they're they're very you couldn't have you know a, a an HBO an HBO drama about privileged millennials and then a space fantasy <laughs> and you have the same character it's it's a yeah it's a, it's fun stuff but yeah no I I thought Adam Driver did great um, I really liked that Snoke also thought that. Uh, Kylo Ren's mask looked dumb. (laughs) That was almost like Snoke speaking for the audience. Yeah. Because he's like, you're not Darth Vader, you're a petulant child in a stupid mask, take it off. You know, and that was that was a lot of people's complaints about Kylo Ren that you're just like a less cool Darth Vader who's trying too hard. But which I think is was intentional. Right, I agree. I think that was intentional too. I didn't like Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens, but I definitely did like him in The Last Jedi. He seemed like a much more full character than just angry, angry Kylo Ren from the first one. <laughs> and I, what I, I just love the storytelling with Kylo Ren and how they slowly 
reveal to you what's going on because at first, you know, Ray comes under the impression that Kylo Ren's going to turn good, right? She gets she gets a vision of him striking down Snoke, and so she assumes that means he's going to turn light side, right, right. and so she she gives up on Luke. I'm uh, clearly Kylo Ren is our best hope, but then you find out that no, Kylo Ren wasn't interested in turning good. He just wanted to take out Snoke and take over the First Order for himself. So yeah. let's let's talk about that for a second, because um, because uh, there's. A- Cause yeah, cause like Kylo Ren has a vision, Ray has a vision, and did Snoke say that he put? He was responsible for it. Yeah. Well, he was responsible for bridging their minds, is what he said. So the reason why they had a force connection in the first place is because Snoke was manipulating that. But I'm not sure if he specifically planted the vision in Ray's head of him striking Snoke down. That seems like it would be. That's interesting. interesting. I didn't didn't get that he was. See, I got that he put that he was. Well, I mean, he's manipulating their minds somehow. Um, but I didn't get that. I didn't get that he's the one that caused that connection. But that's now the question he, is: now that Snoke is dead, will that fade? Well, it, it happens at the yeah, end. Yeah, so that's right? interesting, right? Because he claims responsibility for it, uh, and then he dies, and it happens again. But I'm just wondering if it's because the, the connection was made, yeah. right? And because and, and it's just there now, right? Yeah. So even if he's dead, that still is present. And so. Also, the connect the way they the way it was at the end felt a little more like the traditional. Like like Leia like Luke and Luke and Leia on, thing, on, yeah. on, on, on Cloud General City. sense, yeah. yeah. Like even though even though they did like make eye contact, which was really well executed in my opinion. You almost have this, and it's all just done with looks, right? But it's almost like Kyle was like last chance, join me, and then she hits the button on the Millennium Falcon to raise up the stairs, and that was like her way of saying not a chance. And they actually you know, use so. they actually use sound to uh, to tell you when they were linked, yeah. right? But, like like the background fades away yeah. and like you mm, I, I noticed that a lot the second time yeah. especially like that's the cue so so um what star wars has good sound effects yeah <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite things about the movie is is the is the throne room scene where where kylo ren kills snow yes love that scene because because so many times and maybe i when i say so many times i only mean a handful of times but like especially like in books where you're reading from vader's point of view He's like, I am going to overthrow the emperor and, you know, rule that's, the galaxy as father and son. That's the dream. You know, that's, yeah, that's the dream. Yeah, that's the dream. That's what all through history, what all, what Sith always yeah. did. And now we see, we get to see Kylo, who is supposed to be just this wannabe Darth Vader, kills this wannabe emperor. <laughs> he saw I, his chance I and he not, took it. I'm not sure there has ever been in any movie a more satisfying Star Wars scene than when Rey and Kylo draw oh. lightsabers and go back to back and start taking because it was like slow guards. motion yeah. as the Praetorian it Guard approaches. It was perfect. I was like, hell yeah, let's yes. do this. Oh, it was I, awesome. I love that they finally showed the the Royal Guard actually yes. doing anything. <laughs> that was a great fight. Awesome. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, and it was, well choreographed. It, like legitimate medieval yes. style combat. Because like as cool as the choreograph choreography in the prequels was, sometimes it felt a little overblown. It felt dancing. Yeah, like in yeah. Return of the Sith when they're both just waving their lightsabers around Return and not hitting each other. Revenge. Return, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> that was my one. That was my fan fiction that I wrote. But yeah, it was just a little too like look at us, we're dancing around. But and then the original trilogy, you know, with like Vader and Obi Wan's fight in A New Hope, it was a little right. They stiff. actually look like yeah. they want to hit each other. It was a good. It was a good middle. It was a good middle ground between those two. And, and the moment where she throws the lightsaber at him and oh. he turns it on. Like the they're working face. together, yeah, yeah. And you and you don't know where it's going to go at this point. You don't know if Kylo Ren is right. going to turn good. You don't yeah. know if and, they're going to. The, and then yeah. the moment when it ends, and he asks her to join him, and he holds out his hand, and she's thinking about yes. it. And, and, I, and I love the the dialogue in that scene, right? Because they're they're going through his her parents, and she's like, "Your parents are nothing. You don't mean anything in the story, but you mean something to me." Right. I'm like, and "Oh, then, it's so yeah." Good. And then he yeah. asks her to join him, and he says, 
please. Yeah. I love that. Yes. He asks her please yes. to join yes. him. Because, so polite. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he honestly wants, you know, he values yeah. her. Well, when you look at Kylo Ren as a character, he doesn't have a, a significant close personal relationship with anyone. He had one with his dad, but then his dad and him didn't work out. He had one with Luke briefly, but then he thought Luke betrayed him. And then nobody in the First Order, you know, cared about him. And so finally he's like, maybe I can, I can form a bond with this girl. You know, and then he he reaches out for her, and and she rejects him again, and so you can imagine that the path he's going to go on in episode nine is going to be even more interesting because of it. So. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You got yeah. <laughs> there was one thing I want to say about that scene that I didn't like. Um, Way to ruin it, Ian. I felt like it, the parallels to Return of the Jedi were maybe a little too strong. They're going up in the elevator, they're walking mm. out there, and then like she actually delivers a line. That it's basically your overconfidence sure. is your weakness. He shows her an image of the rebellion ships. Being yeah, destroyed. it's like almost it's a little too, too familiar, so. which I think was intentional, right? Because yeah. she go in, she went in there with, oh, I'm going to turn him to the light side, which is precisely the same kind of attitude that Luke had when he was going to face him. A second so, time. so in in some defense of that, because I, I mean, I agree, and I also didn't like the the parallels to A New Hope in in. Uh, in Force, Force Wagons, but I, I 100 this this film I felt like stood on its own, like like it, it had some some references, some parallel plot points, but it didn't feel like we just want to we are uh, we uh, I just want to do that thing again, yeah. right? The way it's, that the Force Awakens did. It was a good movie on its own. Mm. It didn't completely rely on you having seen this other thing and, to make these awesome. And it's clear that that Ryan Johnson is is trying to make a habit of sort of subverting your Star Wars expectations, yeah. right? And so, like, yeah. if if this is he, I think he sets it up so that it mirrors Return of the Jedi on purpose. But then instead of Kylo Ren being redeemed and turning to the dark side, he pushes himself or turning to the light side, he pushes himself further to the dark. So again, he he subverts, he sets up your expectations subconsciously I, by having I, this mirror yeah, Jedi. I, I like the it. subversion, but I feel like he also subverted the Force Awakens and J.J. Abrams vision like i feel like abrams was pulling hard for ray to be someone yeah that's not unfair <laughs> right so so and snow J- to have a background so i read an interview i read an interview in rolling stone um everybody was this the interview came out before the movie so everybody was really coy um daisy ridley said that she knew when she was hired on who her who the parents were and that it did not change okay okay um but huh but this is the uh, this is the thing why it may be not true. Uh, she was she was sold out when she was hired on. But Ryan Johnson says that he was given no direction from from J.J. Abrams that he made the decision himself. Yeah. Okay. So, I will say I will say though if you really think about it, it doesn't unless you unless you unless you really bend over backwards it it doesn't make sense. For her to be Luke's daughter, it doesn't oh, yeah. make sense for I her to be. Actually, like, I've been saying since TFA that I wanted her to be no one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm excited that she's no one, but I just think it's a little weird how they did it. Like, if she was gonna be no one, like, why did they play it up like she might be someone? Yeah, because the biggest evidence for that in The Force Awakens is when she senses the call of Anakin's lightsaber right. in Mos Kanata's place, and, and, and like, then there's like this, she gets, all this. Who's the girl? Well, she yeah. gets yeah. a vision from Obi Wan who says her name, but I think you can explain that even if she is a nobody, because there's this passing line that Snow gives in the scene where he basically says, he's talking to Kylo Ren, and he's like, you know, you're raising, you're being raised up on the dark side. And I assumed that Luke was going to be your, your, your counter to, uh-huh. to the light, but, it, but it's not, it's Rey. Mm-hmm. And so I think you can kind of make an argument that the Force in its ever 
uh, extending quest to kind of seek balance, it simply chose Ray, a random person, yeah, and sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. is 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 kind and of. I love that. Her like, yeah. I feel like there's too much emphasis on bloodline too right. many times. So maybe or, the like, force the just used well, Anakin's lightsaber in TFA as a catalyst. I mean, it's almost like, like call Ray to it's, the force. It's it's yeah. King Arthur. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. like Excalibur, the Lady yeah. in the Lake. You yeah. know. And there's nothing that says it hasn't picked other people that just sure. didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it picked Anakin. And I think that explanation also goes a little bit of way in explaining why Rey is as powerful as she is. Because right. a lot of people have problems that she can do things without being trained. But the way I see it, when you look at the prequel trilogy, like you had hundreds, if not thousands, of Jedi in two Siths. Right, so the hundreds and thousands of Jedi had to train constantly. Yet the two Sith were far more powerful than any of the Jedi. Like Darth Maul was wrecking Jedi masters left and right. If you read his books, all right. So at this point, we have reached the inverse law of ninjutsu, <laughs> where, where one ninja is a deadly killing machine, and many ninja are a horde of faces. Yeah, pawns. exactly. Right, and so like maybe the light side was was stacked already. So the, it was almost there was almost like a, a hard cap on how powerful any one light side Jedi could be. But the Force was just naturally raising up dark side users and. Seeing of balance and so when this yeah. new one came like <laughs> Kylo Ren has already been trained for a little while he's clearly powerful in the force he's he's gone dark and so the force needs to raise up enough light side power to sort of balance it and so maybe that's a little bit why Rey can do some of the things that she can do I, so quickly. I don't necessarily agree with that because the force at balance is a force where there's where the dark side is squashed yeah right yeah no I, I so I agree with you although I think that I think that there also is something to the light side equals the dark side balance I don't thing. think there is because <laughs> well no because well I mean at least from a certain point of view um, <laughs> I think that it's it's annoying that there's not two different words that they use yeah like like the fact that they said balance 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 yeah. but I mean the I this this film you know says you know powerful light powerful dark you know there yeah, will be true. a light side that, that rises to you so I think there is there is something no I I agree with you the dark side is the dark side is unnatural when right. w- there can be no balance with well well there's the dark side just like the chosen one you know it. To bring balance to the force was destroying the Sith, right? Not equalizing the number. Not of making Jedi there be two Jedi and two yeah, Sith. No, I mean, according it. to according to the Jedi's interpretation, that's what it was. But according to they've George been wrong Lucas. before. No, according to George Lucas, that's all I want to know is what it is according to Mickey Mouse. <laughs> that's all that matters now. He is your emperor now. <laughs> I really, I, I will say, like honestly, I have no desire ever to read any interviews with George Lucas. Now that he's <laughs> yeah. not involved with Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. who uh, cares? Like, like, I guess he didn't like Force Awakens. Uh, I don't care. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, uh, duh, bruh, bruh. what was I going to say? Okay, so my my thing my thing is, first of all, I don't think Ray is that powerful. I, in in I mean she's powerful in this. <laughs> she's don't get me wrong powerful. she's very yeah. powerful but like I don't think she's I because we're going back to the going back to the Force Awakens criticism that suddenly Ray can do all the things I mean I don't think she does she doesn't do that much that's too crazy impressive in I agree in, yeah. in the Force yeah, I Awakens I think people overblow what she does I mean yeah. she heard a story once that said that Jedi's can do mind tricks and she's like I have Force powers now I wonder if that works Let's try it this. takes her like three times yeah. to get it to work. And then somebody, and then she fights a half-trained Sith Lord who has just gotten shot by a shotgun in the stomach, <laughs> right? And who just killed his dad. Yeah, he's yeah, probably a little distracted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 still doesn't. I mean, they say that she bested him, but I feel like he still kind of won that fight. Ah, uh, she did beat him. Yeah. And, well, and Snoke ridicules him for right. getting beat by her, which is again in, him speaking on behalf the of the audience. Year. How could you lose to a girl yeah. who just picked up a lightsaber yeah, for the first time? For the yes. first time, yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, he almost got beat by Finn. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I think you're pretty handily. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Finn got like a he hit got in. a piece of it. He got a hit in. That's true. <laughs> he, I mean, yeah, it doesn't but take a whole but, lot. Yeah, with it's like it just. I mean, and also like like this. I mean, yeah, he's half. He, he, Kylo Ren is not a fully trained Jedi. Yeah, like yeah. he's he's. I mean, he's very powerful, but like it's like if you're playing chess, like if. If you if you take ten minutes and read a chess and read a chess strategy and you go up against somebody who's never played chess before, then you probably are going to beat them. You're probably going to beat them every time. But if you're in a in a in the context, but that doesn't mean that you're the greatest grandmaster just because you can beat a bunch of people that don't know how to play chess. You know. Sure. <laughs> um, so uh, let's let's uh, jump jump a little bit more. Uh, so the so the crate so on crate. You guys liked the crate stuff. Actually, I thought Crate was beautiful. I really liked the scene with the Millennium Falcon and the TIE Fighters, and they go through that cavern. I just thought, like, cinematically and visually, it was super impressive. Yeah, it was almost right. similar to the Return of the Jedi sequence where the Falcon is trying to blow up the second Death Star, but just just better. You know, because sure. it's got the Millennium Falcon sized hole in the Death Star. You're right, but instead you have this kind of beautiful red and clear crystal surroundings. It, yeah. it just it was a little bit more visually interesting. I thought interesting. that was brilliant. Yeah. Um, like like the rest of the movie, I thought this the whole crate sequence had some issues. Mm. Like, here's this huge first order force with these walkers, which are just, I, I don't know, everything felt like let's one up everything that we've seen before. Um, and then, like, there's some real weird continuity issues later on, like when Finn, you know, so Rose crashes her speeder into Finn's and they both crash, like, right in front of the enemy walkers. And then they're, like, totally ignored forever. Fire on those rebels. Oh, but they're kissing. Let them do it. Come well, on. And then, like, somehow he turns up later having dragged her back, like, the three miles <laughs> yeah. to the, yeah. through the salt in less time than it took them to get out there. I had a problem with this, with pretty much just before that, too, where they're like, oh, 13 enemy craft incoming. I, and I'm like, okay, wait. This could be a problem. And I started counting how many died. <laughs> 11 blew up. There were four left. That doesn't uh, add up. They sent in some reinforcements that we didn't see. Um, I, uh, I, my, my, thing, my thing about the... I liked, I liked most of the stuff on Crate. Uh, those speeders, I thought, were like just... It was, it was just there for the visual. Yeah. It uh. was just there for... Like the, you can almost say that it was kind of going with the theme of, because this this is actually a, a theme that I kind of like, even if the execution wasn't perfect. The theme of all these things that they've done in the past, where they pull themselves up by their bootstraps and the underdogs win. Sometimes the underdogs don't win. Yeah. Um. I, you know that was that was the the we we kind of cut ourselves off on talking about Finn and Rose's <laughs> arc, but that's fine. But that was the you know that was the point of that right, was right. was that in any other movie they would have they would have succeeded yeah. in their plan. Well, the theme in this movie was learning from failure, right? right so like right. everybody fails. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. But but it just I don't I just I just really like anybody who had any sense of ration any any kind of rational thought would be like these things are so bad that like he puts his foot through like <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. puts his foot through the pedal and I just thinking back did those skimmers even shoot anything important? No, no, no. They just, they just, and they were, I can't were they even, even remember if they had guns on them. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah, they had guns because fins like fizzled out, like okay. they, they they shriveled up. And I get, what, I, I get what they're going for, right? It's an underdog story. Yeah. Like the Empire has the First Order has like t- these huge walkers, and the Rebellion has like these eleven little dinky ships. You know, it's yeah. it's the deck the deck is stacked against them kind of thing. But it just felt it just felt very like this 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 little bit is. 
just here because we think we have to just here just here to put in the trailer just you know right we we wanted another hoth scene so we had to have a trench <laughs> you didn't even think that so the the conclusion of the rose and finn storyline here does anyone yeah. think that finn was just totally not into that i don't i wasn't into that as a viewer <laughs> I, like, neither was I. because, I wasn't because really. the cancel bite sequence was so poorly handled the payoff at that just didn't resonate with me so, so. i liked i liked finn and rose i i, I actually i i mean they had decent chemistry I really like the line where she says we're gonna we're gonna beat them by by saving what not by destroying what we hate but by saving what yeah. we love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. It. Yeah. The casino. Like a lot of stuff about their story. A lot of stuff about their story. I really didn't like. But them. Those two together. Yeah. I, I actually. I actually really yeah. liked. And also, I like the Ray's a little jealous. I really enjoyed when Rose got introduced and she's just yeah. waiting to shock people. Like I said, escape pod I like great. Rose. I think she's an interesting character. She has a cute vulnerability to her. It's just what they do, which is completely uninteresting to me that like, I just didn't buy their, their payoff at the end. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, yeah, I'll. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Luke shows up and we have some of my favorite scenes of the movie yeah. when he walks in and he talks to Leia being great one scene. of them. Yeah. Amazing scene says some stuff that really kind of, like they didn't even realize this at the time because Carrie Fisher was still mm-hmm. alive, but they they say she says to him, you know, something like, I- "I'm glad you're here at the end," and then yeah. he says something like, "People are never really gone," and it's mm-hmm. just like, and they're playing the Luke and Leia theme from the bridge in yeah. Return of the Jedi, yeah. and I thought that was just masterfully handled. Yeah, sure. yeah. And so, f- so one of the reasons why I enjoyed the movie a lot more the second time is because of the crate sequence for me. Because when I saw it the first time. I, I don't think I really appreciated it because I was just a little bit disappointed because I wanted to see Luke like throw down and just wreck face. Yeah. Because there's even this line in the beginning of the movie when Ray and Luke first talk and Ray's like, you really expect me to face the entire First Order with a laser sword, right? And he actually does that at the end. You know, <laughs> that's kind of funny. I didn't realize that until yeah. the second time. So I wanted Luke to do something super awesome, right? To kind of justify us not seeing him in the last movie and just waiting for him to like just throw down and he, he doesn't, right? There's not even a, there's not like a duel with Ben. So yeah. I'm on the, uh, initially I'm just like, oh, I feel like that's a missed opportunity. But then for me, the second time through, when I kind of understood what the movie was doing thematically a little bit better, I really appreciated that scene a lot more. And I felt like, you know, the scene where Luke s- says, you know what, the, the battle isn't over, the war is just beginning, I'm not the last Jedi, right? For me, that was really powerful. Right. And then f- when you find out that Luke wasn't even there to begin with, and he was over back on Actol channeling the force and then but still i have to say like good stuff the first time i saw it i, I had this enormous sense of relief <clears throat> when he turned up to be back on his planet and alive because i'm like oh good he yes he's gonna survive yes there maybe wasn't quite as you know the, mo- the luke moments that, that i want yeah <laughs> but at least he'll be in the next right. movie right? he's gotta be he's gonna be a force ghost in the next movie <laughs> yeah there's no way and he, then he dies and i'm like ah which I still liked. I thought that the scene where he he looks at those two sons was beautiful because he ca- yeah. he recaptures what he lost. Right? He they, recaptures his his mission. I, to I think they handled it well, help. but like for me, growing up, like I was the kid. You know, everyone liked Han Solo as a kid. I grew up. I was playing. I was Luke Skywalker. Right. Sure. He was the hero, mm-hmm. and the fact that he didn't really get a hero moment in this film kind of bothered me. You didn't think that was a hero? I felt yeah. like that was 100% a hero. Yeah, that, that's the way I felt the first time through, but then my second time viewing, I, I did think it was a heroic moment. It was like, just a little It was just a little bit more subtle and a little bit more yeah, underplayed. I mean, to me, to me, this is exactly where Luke needed to end as a character. He needed to be, he needed to be a, he needed to turn into Yoda. 
That's basically yeah, what yeah. you know. That's basically what he did, and he didn't. I mean, no, he didn't get his. He didn't get his Miss Piggy fight from Attack of the Clones, <laughs> but. But I mean, but he he was he was sort of that type of person, and it was I mean, uh, it was heroic what he did, buying time for the resistance yeah, to leave yeah. by doing all these theatrics, something that no one else could do. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. And I just and like and like, I, do you really think Mark Hamill is going to be like jumping around <laughs> yeah. with a lightsaber? Like, it's just one of those things where you build it up with the anticipation mystery of it. Just makes uh-huh. just builds up this incredibly epic scene of Luke like taking down Adats by himself or whatever, and you realize that probably. Well, yeah, work. I mean, I wasn't looking for that. I was just looking for you know something to prove that he's the Jedi Master. Mm-hmm. In a you know, yeah. to remind us how powerful he is. Like you know? even like so, where were the Knights of Ren? That's 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 a good point. Yeah, I, I think it would have been cool if, like if he had fought the Knights of Ren or something, right? Just I, was, I thought it would have been cool if the Knights of Ren were in the story at all. At all, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we don't even know what the Knights of Ren are. <laughs> I mean, they're the other students. The they're the other students yeah. that Kylo takes with are him. They really, though? I mean, I I'm not thought, even sure that's the case. I yeah. thought that that's what the guards were. Was the was the Knights of Ren? No, I mean you see this brief flashback in the Force Awakens, right, with Kylo standing there, and then like three or four other dark clad guys with other lightsabers. Right. That's right all we know them. of them. Uh, they didn't even have lightsabers. Yeah. Oh, you're oh you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are the other students that you see in the Supp- flashback. Supposedly, I mean, who the Knights of Ren are is something that's in the books. Like I have not read the books, but this is something that like someone tried to explain to me once, and they're like. Totally separate. Yeah. From so all of this. hopefully they show up in episode nine. But if not, like that seems like a really weird oversight. It's, it's weird. It's weird to me that that's a thing because I've read. I mean, not all of them, but I've read some of them and they weren't mentioned in any huh. of them that so, I read. Someone told me once that certainly not. Certainly not any of them. Was it? Because I read. I mean, I read like probably the first six or seven of the books. Of the and new like canon. The, the Kylo Ren name comes from the Knights of Ren, uh-huh. not the other way around. So oh, okay, hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, they got to fight somebody in the next. I guess in the in yeah, the next. It's just weird uh, that like they didn't even get mentioned. Series. Yeah, there's... whereas in the in TFA's like here's Kylo Ren, master of the Knights of Ren, right? Uh, and it's like I christen you the Knights of Me. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, they called him Darth Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, way before we really knew what the Sith were. That's so, true. I mean, That's true. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's one it, it's one part of the story, and it's I do appreciate story. that Snoke and Kylo Ren have never been referred to as Sith in the new yeah, that's movie, true because they're not right. I like that too. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's because yeah, the, the Sith. The Sith is a very they're a very specific thing. Right. Like they're not just dark side users. The chosen right? one destroyed the Sith. Right. right. They have they're a very gone. specific tradition, a very specific lineage all throughout the thousands of years of the Republic. Of course, we have no yeah. idea who trained Snoke in the dark side. Yeah, right. And I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's and information. I mean, the Sith have also been completely eliminated before and then came back. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean in the in the it, in legends. Okay, you mean like, like the one Sith? Yeah. Like before, well, well, I was talking about. Uh, I was talking about before, uh, before Darth Bane. The there was like a group of uh, there were. It was basically like there was a bunch of wannabe Sith that that uh, that Darth Bane was trained with, and then Darth Bane read the old texts and mm. got found a holocron from Revan. Yeah. 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 Or, Whatever the I don't yeah whatever it was <laughs> I, it was a long time ago but I mean there was there have been times when sure, the when EU. the Sith weren't around so mm-hmm. you could so yeah you could say yeah I mean and also yeah the one the one Sith the one or Sith. or if you um or like the Kashiri Sith yeah right I guess yeah. it's been done in the yeah yeah yeah, but, yeah 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 the Kashiri Sith that's that's a good point yeah <laughs> <laughs> they did it a few times yeah um yeah. Uh, all right, so we've talked about all this important stuff. So I'm going to ask the question that is most important. Okay. Most important. Going question. around the table, 
Ian first. What do you think of the Porg? <laughs> the question of the movie. <laughs> I liked them. Yeah, they were fun. Yeah, I'll buy it. They're fun. Like, maybe just like in my general opinion that maybe the humor was like too... Yeah, there's almost like too much and it took away from some of the emotional depth of the scenes that probably extends to the porgs but the porgs themselves I thought were kind of fun and yeah I had no problem with it I I actually thought that they were that there was the right amount of porg yeah like if there had been more like if if if, if like instead of the other caretaker the caretakers on at Achu or whatever it's called. Actual. Achu. Um, if instead of if instead of those care the caretakers as comic relief, you had more porg jokes. More porg. Instead of that, nerf herders, there's porg jokes now. That would have. I mean, that would have like that would have been too much. Like if you'd have had more of them, that would have been too much. But I think it was kind of fine yeah. the way that it was. And you needed to contrast Luke's kind of dreary, depressing demeanor, right? right? Well, the I porgs looked were kind into of a nice... the origin of the Porgs and it turned out to have very interesting story. So <laughs> they went to the location and they were shooting. The problem is that Island is just covered with puffins. So they actually just dubbed in the Porgs over the puffins oh, really? because okay. they couldn't get rid of them. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's a, most people just say they were created to sell toys, but it's good to know that I mean, there was no, an actual and reason so for then it. I see Chewie like getting rid of the porg like how many times must the crew have done that just like get away from the camera smack it away so it's like you know I I looked up porgs on on Wikipedia and I thought the podcast might like to hear some of these interesting pork facts absolutely it doesn't want to hear interesting pork facts you know uh, male porgs were known to be slightly bigger in size than females baby porgs are called porglets and a flock of porgs is known as a murder a murder of porgs (laughs) a murder of porgs okay and right. they had strong natural camouflaging abilities. My life has been enriched significantly. <laughs> and I, apparently Chewie thinks they taste good. Yeah, yeah. well, no, he, I mean, he doesn't know because he didn't eat it. <laughs> I, I, I kind of wish that he had eaten the porg or that he had been eating it and then and then they, like, ruined his appetite. Maybe he or ate it afterwards. I'm pretty sure he ate it. Mm. No, I don't think so. I think he... I think he they, Chewie he, likes his meat. <laughs> yeah, but, like, they ruined his appetite because he was, he was like, eh... Yeah, maybe. I guess not. I guess I'll go back <laughs> to eating my ship rations. He's a pretty, he's a pretty big softy. out of the bottom. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Do we? Is there any uh, any other stuff we need to hit? Any other plot points and things? Drawing a blank. I totally forgot my my sheet of thing items to hit. <laughs> I just want to say in general, like the cinematography was great. I liked a lot of the visuals. Uh, mm. The hyperspace scene was beautiful. Uh, the music was, you know, another John Williams masterpiece. There were definitely times when, like, the music caught my attention, which is not mm. something that always happens um, in a movie. Um, yeah. But I want to say, just all of those little things were done excellently. Yeah, and 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 for me, like, I think the reason why I put this movie above Rogue One, I really liked Rogue One. I thought it was a great movie. Um, but my problem with Rogue One was just that I feel like it had a, too many characters that were so, somewhat uninteresting. Like they could have cut like. Bodhi and Baze and they just didn't really do much from a character perspective. Um and, and in this movie, like I just I just liked the core characters in this movie. I mean, even though I felt like Finn's side story was kind of wasted, I was so emotionally invested in, in Ray and um 
and Kylo Ren and Luke and even Poe to a lesser extent, even though I think some of the mechanics of that story were off. Mm-hmm. That like I just didn't have that same level of investment for the cast of Rogue One, despite some of the awesome action sequences in that movie. I really it's, like Ray as a character. Yeah, me in too. Both movies. Yeah, and so especially as someone with a daughter who I would love to grow up being a Star Wars fan, the fact that there's like a a, a, a girl that she can there's a female sure. character in Star. Wars. I know that does <laughs> that. Yeah, that that wheels a lightsaber and can do all the stuff that I can do. Like that, I'm I'm really excited by that. So uh, for me, I just the, the like. Despite the movie's faults, the core character elements landed for me, so I, I, I think it's pretty good. So, I definitely enjoyed uh, taking a look at the Empire's War Machines now that now that there's no Death Star on the table. Yeah. Like the Dreadnought was super cool, yeah. without being over completely over the top. I think, I think Snoke's ship was a little ridiculous. I, I feel like in the original trilogy, right? You see like star destroyers and stuff early on, and then there's the big reveal of the super star destroyer, which with the Imperial March, and it's like this big deal. But in this movie, like it just kept throwing really big ships at us, like the dread- dreadnought and then Snoke's ship. Snoke's ship was a disappointment. Then you had like, <laughs> then you had, like the, the super AT-ATs at the, the end. Yeah, and right. then the battering ram cannon. I, I felt like they were always just kind of like pitching really big things well, at us. That's something that the Empire has always done. They've always come up with this super overcomplicated yeah. thing that does something a little More disappointing. More ships, <laughs> bigger is totally better. Is yeah. basically okay. One roll. actually, one last thing that I wanted to bring up because this is this is. Another thing that I loved about uh, I loved about it, um, that crate sequence really felt like it was straight out of a Gendy Tartakovsky huh. episode. Um, like you would have had. It, it, I mean, the difference is it wouldn't have been a Force Ghost of Mace Windu. Mace Windu would have just deflected all of the blasts <laughs> in um, back into the. the <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, and the the the. Gun, the gun was the one it was was it like literally pulled from an episode the one right, with right. Uh, what's his name oh, man. who's the smiling Jedi uh, Kit Fisto Kit Fisto yeah the Kit Fisto episode of the Tartakovsky series he's he's on yeah on they, that big cannon movie. underwater yeah, that's an yeah. awesome episode yeah. yeah it's a great episode and it's great I mean that cannon is pulled straight from that sure and um so th- so that combined with all the elements that I was saying that like people are kind of criticizing, but kind of feel like they were right out of some of the novels, especially I feel like it it feels like some of the earlier novels that maybe where they hadn't quite set the rules and it felt a little bit more like pulp sci-fi. I really, I really like that. And then also, and then especially after coming out of rogue one, it's like no, the 20 years of expanded universe books. It's like, we know they exist. We can we can pull stuff from it, you know. They've they've reintroduced Thrawn into the universe. I mean, for me, this is just this is just another chapter, and it is it is really the thing that is putting me. I am now invested in. I want to know the next stories. When I came out of Force Awakens, I was annoyed that I didn't understand how they got to where they got. Yeah. Um, I feel like now I have a better understanding. So I do want to know those stories in between, but I want to learn those stories because I want to spend time with those characters, see these characters at different points in their life. And I want to see where the, where the story goes from here, as opposed to just being like, kind of like, this is, I mean, you know, we lo- we gave up the expanded universe for this, you know, the way yeah. but I, I just, I, I'm really excited for where things are going. Especially cause you know, Ryan Johnson got greenlit for an entirely new trilogy. 
Yeah, which we know so, nothing about. Which we know otherwise. absolutely nothing about. Yeah, but like, most people are guessing it might have something to do with the kid at the end. The kid you know, at the end of ever of our of the you know our. Yeah, do you think there's gonna be ten, yeah. eleven, and twelve, or is it gonna be a totally separate? I know, story? I don't so, know. So, so, so I just realized that means he's he's planning on he's planning on doing three additional movies based on the casino plan. Oh gosh, <laughs> oh, what have we done? <laughs> We're gonna watch the exciting sequence of them no, planning okay, their parking and zoning regulations. Just like every trilogy. <laughs> We're going to cut to a desert world, <laughs> and he's going, they're going to complain about sand. <laughs> the exciting world of Jathu. Of course, if we're Jathu. totally up to me, we'd say, "Oh, we're going to do something totally different," and he's going to make a trilogy based around like Revan. But you know, that's never going to happen. I'd be cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'd like to see something like that. Literally, the X-wing series, just yeah. more like. Well, like Rogue. I mean, yeah. Rogue One was Rogue One was amazing. Kind of along that line. I'd like Rogue to see more of that. I love was as close one. was as close yeah. as you could get to, or as close as we've gotten, and it's and it's sort of a nod to we can tell um, that kind of story. Yeah. And honestly, I think seeing uh, adaptation of the Yu Zhang Vong War would be incredible, just because like a, a, another. That's not gonna happen. I know it's not, <laughs> but like a big knock that people have with this new trilogy is just a retread of the old one, in that like it's just the rebellion against the empire again with a different coat of yeah, paint. I really, I really hope that in the the next thing. The next time the good guys fight a big bad guy, it's not the Emperor. Right. I want it to be right. different. Right. right. And so the Vong trilogy would, you know, would accomplish that, right? Trilogy. Or the Vong trilogy. <laughs> the, Vong, the Vong saga, right? It would 18 be, books. If, yeah. if you could have them tell one story from Legacy, what would you have them tell? Uh, one story on the screen. Mm. I, I mean, I love the Thrawn trilogy, but we've kind of seen a lot of that now. I don't know if it's different enough. If I really just had to pick something just totally new... I would go back to the Old Republic, the Knights of the Old Republic era, and yeah. tell something different from, you know, the height of the Sith Empire. Yeah, for me, it would be either the Old Republic or the Using Vong War. So, um, so does that have to fit? No. <laughs> Not terribly. <laughs> the Star Wars Holiday Special 2. No. I mean... <laughs> Well, like if I if I there's a, there's a couple things that I would like pitch to Lucasfilm. There's two things that I would pitch to Lucasfilm if I had all the power. So I will answer your question, but first I'm going to answer a question I just made up. Okay. <laughs> um, but the first thing that I would pitch is a story where Darth Vader goes back and frees all the slaves. Okay. Um, Anakin Skywalker. No, no, Darth Vader. No, actually, as Vader. Yes, because he didn't do it before he was Vader. So I mean, could have. Well, yeah, I mean, I know he could have off screen, but like, uh, there's at least one story where he, he, I, I feel like in my head canon, he didn't do it before <laughs> he became Vader. So Run, children, is, you're free. This is, what, this is what my thought is. He goes to he goes to Tatooine, and ends up teaming up with Obi Wan. <laughs> there's no uh, way that can happen. I'm so confused. Uh, right I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's still like, I mean, like it, maybe it's a reluctant team up. Maybe it's what a, you know. It's like it's like a sort of a last. Uh, no, that that totally devalues their showdown in <laughs> yeah. New Hope. I don't care. <laughs> I feel right. like somebody would I mean, though. First of all, first of all <laughs> what else have you got? First of all, everything <laughs> has already happened before. I mean, there was a first battle of Hoth before that. Anyway, um, and then and then the other the other thing that I would pitch would be. A, a single book or a trilogy of books that wraps up the Legends continuity. So go back to, actually go back to Legends continuity. Um, but as far as a story from Legends uh, that I would want to see brought in, um, I would like to see Mara Jade brought oh, in. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, some, some story with her uh, or, or, or Corrin Horn, but honestly, probably at this point, Mara Jade is is right. 
is the I was actually going to go with Corn Horn and I Jedi because that is my favorite I very Jedi. short story sure. of all time and it you wouldn't even have to make it Corn Horn it could be anybody sure just replace it and it I it, mean I, I think it would be a stand standout story I will say that I would re- I would really like to at this point read the story of Luke's Jedi Academy in the new canon um, and I, I mean. He killed. They killed all of them, but you know, every time everybody gets killed, somebody survives. Yeah, right. I mean, if you read any kind of story that takes place after Revenge of the Sith, but before New Hope, you can always just throw in another Jedi who happened to survive Order sixty six. Well, yeah. Kylo Ren took some of Luke's students with him. Like, who yeah. are these people? I mean, they're where hinting they? that it's the Knights yeah. of Ren, but I guess we don't know for I, sure. I don't know if they're even hinting that. <laughs> like, I, 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 I don't know. I'm that. super confused about the who the Knights uh-huh. of Ren are, and uh-huh. I feel like. If there are some other Jedi apprentices out there, maybe not all of them are totally on the dark side, and maybe some of them have Jedi training, and maybe some of them mm-hmm. are good guys, right? Like, who yeah. are these people? Yeah. I also I also wouldn't mind seeing more. I always like more Ahsoka. Yeah, Ahsoka really grew on me. Yeah. yeah. I need to. I haven't read. Her, I haven't read her novel, but it's supposed to be good. Um, I think we can probably end it there. Uh, do you guys have like social media or podcasts or anything that you want to plug or you just are all on your own? <laughs> I have a Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> I'm young and hip and with it. <laughs> okay. Well, um, everyone, you can, uh, you can find everything I do at kendallcast.ninja. Uh, lots of podcasts and blogs and stuff. So uh, thanks a lot for listening and may the force be with you. Just one more round, my friend, and homeward bound, my friend. Don't forget me in your dreams. Just one more song, my friend. So long, friend, the nights get shorter, it seems. Just one more ride, friend. Yes, it's a crime, friend. But you know time, friend. Time can fly. So it's good night, friend. Good night, but not goodbye.